0: I think every single person in this locker room is a competitor at the highest level. So yeah, when you feel as if your backs are against the wall, you never have to feel like you gotta do it by yourself. Family Unbelievable Under pressure,
1: sacked by and Williams. Right side, you has got it.
0: You look to your left and your right, you got guys out there with you that, that our whole point is to help each other. This one depends. Be able to go out and, and lead these guys. And just to know how hard these guys work and how important it is to them. And then you get that chance to, to lead them. Everything that happened that needed to happen for us, it almost felt like kind of like a sign, like get yeah, like a second chance almost.
2: Gets extra pushes, running left.
0: Maybe a little extra life breathing the block. Touchdown chess.
1: Welcome to the cockpit. My name's Ryan and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my co-pilot. I have Mr. Boy Green. How you doing?
2: I'm glad there's enough room in the cockpit. I'm going to be glad. I am compact so I can fit in small places. So I'm glad that there's enough room for both of us in here. Appreciate it. Yes. So
1: so boys and girls, you're going to have to Put up your trade table in an, in its upright and locked position because we got a show for you tonight. We're talking owner's meeting, the latest on the Aaron Rodgers stuff, Lamar Jackson's requesting a trade, whole lots of stuff to get into. But, boys and girls, if you're hopping in here, make sure you hit that like button. Love it. We do have a poll question in the chat. Should the Jets pivot to Lamar Jackson? We have four different answers. Yes, I'm done waiting for AR-12. After the first round... Nope, AR-12 is my guy, and four. Nope, don't want Lamar Jackson. So you guys can vote on that throughout the show. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys are asking. No crazy hats, says Andrew. Oh, fine. Look, I can put it. I on. was going
2: to say that as well. I, I felt <laughs> somewhat jipped. Ah, there we are. Sorry.
1: There it is. Where's my? Oh, hold on. It's hard trying to do this in front of a camera because I don't know which yeah, direction's yeah. left and right. right. It's like yeah, trying flight, to fly baby. a drone when it's flying at you. It's yeah, terrible.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> there. we go. Yeah, full full oh. Monty now. This is great. Excellent. I feel better See,
1: now. Oh, yes. It's perfect. Now, now I feel good. Yeah. So first off, I want to acknowledge Boy Green was one of the diehards on the Jets Twitter documentary series. Could you go into a little bit about that? how they contact you? How'd you feel about it? What was the whole experience like?
2: Oh, I mean... You know i i i man it's uh it's hard to even put into words it's such an amazing feeling they reached out in february uh with an email that kind of caught me by surprise because like you know when you get an email that's just from some you know blue blah you're like all right Mm -hmm. there it is when it says new york jets you're like whoa whoa baby new york (laughs) jets i'm like uh check that email please and then you just see the message you make sure it's not a scam or something you know Mm -hmm. nothing like that and uh Going through, it was the director uh, of uh, One Jets Drive, and he does a lot of other great work there. That's Seth Bradley. He reached out and said, I've been selected as part of an elite group uh, that they would like to bring out. But he said, and it, I, I could tell from how he reached out that, you know, he's reaching out to people that are kind of all over the map he doesn't really know where they live or thinks that nature so he said if you can't come in we understand uh we'll just go to we'll try to get somebody else if you can't make it i'm like oh hell no i'm I'm making it in baby i live in upstate new york so it's about a mm, five six seven hours somewhere in there uh give or take you're up in
1: like that oswego region right like if i'm not mistaken that's correct
2: That's correct, yeah. So, yeah, I think, although I can't remember if we went straight from Oswego. I also do radio Mm -hmm. uh, locally Mm -hmm. around, too. But we went from there, and like I said, it was like six or seven hours, but we did – we did uh, hotels. We did a whole bit in caboodle. We made it a whole trip out of it with uh, such a, obviously, a unique opportunity. Yeah, and they bring you in. You go through the facility. I mean, it's NFL security. I don't know how many people mm-hmm. have had the great pleasure of actually going inside the building. A lot of us have been outside for practices if you've had that uh, pleasure or opportunity to do that. But you go through the security. You have to make sure you're on the list. I had the Jamal Adams, beep, 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 see if I'm getting through the, the double glass doors And uh, you go through that, you see all the great moments, like the Jets practice field. You see all the banners of the recently retired numbers. And and Mm -hmm. obviously the ones retired from a long time ago, they walk you through kind of the bowels of the Jets, you know, one Jets drive facilities. You're seeing all these pictures and studios, and it's like all hitting you. And then where all the Jets beat reporters are, Ritz Amini, Zach Rosenblatt, all those guys, they have their own cubbies inside one Jets drive. Oh, little that's cool. Private offices. Yeah, it's really cool. That's where they recorded. So all the videos you guys saw of like mm-hmm. Boy Green and NYJ Matt, NYJ Mike, and all those great guys of like being in a one-on-one camera setting, that was in one of the random Things we don't know which one it was because they ripped off the name off the door, so we don't know if it was Ritzamini's room or Zach Rosenblatt's room or whoever. They would know, I'm sure, because the background. I think we're all the same for whatever the rooms are. But yeah, they brought us in there. They did a 45 minute interview or something, and then they brought us in for photo shoots. I mean, like the player intros, right? The football, the fog machine, Mm -hmm. like. And I was like, "Holy crap! Oh yeah, baby, I made it! I'm like, I'm ready to run out of the darn Tunnel, baby! I was fired up." So. Oh, man, it was uh, it was spectacular, and they ended up putting it together as a 22-minute doc and change mm-hmm. or something. And a shout-out to all the fans that didn't make it, because I'm going to be honest, guys, like, obviously, you do great work. And I think the fine line – I do want to say this on the show
3: mm-hmm.
2: – is I think a lot of people were complaining that certain people didn't make it on. Greats like Matt mm-hmm. O'Leary. Obviously, we talked about the Jets, uh, Jets talk panel with Green Bean, you, and Matt O'Leary mm-hmm. – Like a lot of people said, where the hell were those guys? And I said, I think the slip up by the Jets, or as they were kind of putting this piece together, is Jets' YouTube to Jets' Twitter. And I interpret Mm. it as the same world. Mm Because one of the questions they asked during the 45 minute bit was, well, who is Jet's Twitter? And I immediately start ripping off Green Beans, Matt O'Leary's Jet Talk Four <laughs> Seven, And it didn't obviously make the cut as we saw, but yeah, they they had us rip through all these names and stuff. Mm. And I said, oh, and and also here's the other thing real quick. I know there's mm. a long diatribe here, but- the
1: That's other all right, thing, take your time. It's cool.
2: Yeah, the, the other thing is, I didn't know who else, like, again, Mm. we came in. I have no idea who else is in the elite group. They bring us in through Mm. double doors. I'm doing an interview. When they move us up to the photo shoot, the next people are coming in, like, so they're kind of herding sheep, moving us all through. So I didn't know until they did the trailer that dropped like a week and a half before Mm -hmm. and I saw everybody. That's when I first knew everyone who was involved. So it was an awesome experience, bucket list item. I'm never going to forget that for the rest of my life. And hopefully, I, I talked to Seth Bradley. So guys, keep a lookout for your emails. <laughs> More episodes are coming. And uh, they plan on doing it with all kinds of, and I tried to put in a good word for all the U- great YouTube Jets content creators. So that episode should be coming in the near future.
1: Oh, very cool. Well, I appreciate it. I, I saw it. I was like, what the crap? My about <laughs> says diehard Jets fan, clearly. <laughs> I'm yeah. not in the in the elite group. I actually I had the opportunity a few years back to they they brought me in cuz they thought they could sell me like some corporate seats or something like that. So I got like they walked me through the building, they put me in the the office where they signed the nice. fucking whatever deals for the photo shoots and I'm just like, "Guys, I know what it's looking like right now. I was like, look, if I, I think this was was this had to be the Adam Gase years, I think. I don't think Salah was there at that at this I'm point. I'm sorry to hear that. But, yeah. Oh yeah. Well well I, I tell the guy straight up, I was he's like, Yeah, so what do you think about tickets? We can get you here and here and I was like, Well, I'll be honest, look. There's a real. I'm looking at the beginning part of the schedule. There's a real good shot the Jets are going to lose a lot of games. I was like, I'm not buying games for the later half of the season because they're going to be cheaper than the price of a beer, <laughs> historically speaking. And the guy was like, Oh, this guy knows his shit. <laughs> He's not buying corporate <laughs> passes. I was that's like, ah, That's cool. Thanks for the tour and the bagel. That was fun. But uh, yeah, dude, that's fucking cool. That's really neat. The whole Jets Twitterverse and YouTube sphere. It. it you're right. It's. It feels like it's one cohesive, kind of like alternative way to get your news like between all the twitter guys like instantly like i've used a bunch of the clips that you've put out as far as like uh you know if it's a sala press conference or douglas press conference if i'm trying to like skim through the whole thing or i don't have like a ton of time i'm like boy green's got this article this article this article this clip this clip this clip. love it absolutely love it um so you guys do some incredibly fast work that i just not equipped to do <laughs> like in yeah, the slightest capacity it. Yeah, the YouTube sphere, I, I enjoy it, but it's I, – I don't think you're ever going to break news on the YouTube sphere because there's the whole editing of content and, like, everyone's getting their news from a Twitter source anyway. Um, but it's cool. It's it's nice to see the back and forth between the different guys and having guys like you on here. Obviously, I have uh, Boy Green's YouTube link down below. I do have your other Twitter link down below, but I don't know if you want me oh, to well, put well. the other – way. Boy Green's got something going on with his Twitter. So I don't know if the one that's linked below is the one you want to subscribe to. I think it is. Hit subscribe on it. If not, I got to link the other one down there too.
2: No, I will say this. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, a lot of people, and again, I I just have to say, by the way, it's incredibly flattering that people have been like, why? I finally got messages from like Pigeon Carrier and everything else. Hey, Boy Green, where the hell have you been? Because obviously if they were tweeting at the Boy Green, I I haven't been seeing it. For those who don't Mm. know, uh, shortly after the Jets Twitter doc, I was hacked on Twitter, and thankfully, I've seen some hack stories where all kinds of weird stuff is happening, where pictures of wangs or God knows what are appearing on timelines. Fortunately, my specific hacker, my secret admirer, as I like to call it, uh, chose to simply kind of remove me from the earth. There's been no tweets, no likes, no replies. But they just kind of made my stuff private without making the Twitter private. So it just, if you try to search me right now, outside of mm. like a, a great job, obviously, here by my main man, Jets Talk 24 7, that like if I you just you. click the link, <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. If you just click the link and go straight through it, you can find it. But if you try to Twitter search mm. it, whoever hacked me tried to remove me from the earth. So obviously, they're not a big mm. fan of Boy Green, and that's fine. I know some people aren't. But yes, we're working behind the scenes to get it. Yes, keep following, keep hitting it up because before I'm dead, that Twitter is coming back to Papa. So uh, feel free to hit it up. It's just in cruise control mode, but we will get that uh, train back uh, sooner rather than later. Right? I'm very confident in that.
1: I love it. Drew, hey, welcome aboard. Glad to have you on. Uh, so yes. let's jump in a little bit. We t- This week, the owners meetings are going on. We got to hear from Joe Douglas, Robert Sal. a few interesting comments. I don't have any actual clips, from it, but we'll kind of go over some stuff little by little here. Uh, you know, the, the big question everyone's asking, Aaron Rodgers, what's going on with the trade? I think the biggest takeaway that I had from Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, they don't have any urgency. They're totally fine waiting on this trade to happen. They feel confident or optimistic that this is going to get done.
2: Yes, a hundred percent. That is the takeaway. Again, uh, They were a Joe Douglas did a presser for about seven minutes and change outside uh, of the NFL owners meetings. Robert Sala much more in depth is with his was 30 plus minutes with both national and local media. And that was the overwhelming uh, perception that the Jets are totally fine waiting. Uh, they said they're in no rush and that they're optimistic this will get done. And I didn't get a chance to fully uh, get the other side. Packers GM Brian Gutekunst also mm. obviously did uh, some chats uh, at the NFL owners meetings. And I just saw a quick clip uh, from the folks over at the at the Athletic. I think that's Matt Schneidman who uh, covers uh, the Green Bay Packers for the Athletic. And he shared a quick clip, and a lot of people were reacting to it. Look how desperate the Packers are with how destroyed the relationship appears to be between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and that Joe Douglas is in the right mode of just kind of being very patient. And to be honest, while I know us, I could speak for the fans, we want this done yesterday, of course. We want the Aaron Rodgers press conference. We want to go crazy. And I already went crazy because as soon as Aaron Rodgers said he's going to the Jets, it's over for me. He, he, he. he as far as I'm concerned, he's a Jet. His spirit is a Jet. His mind is a mm-hmm. Jet. Just his limp carcass, wherever the hell it's in Malibu, his body is just not on the Jets yet. Which uh, it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Which, by the way, I love this. Uh, Aaron Rodgers edit with Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. Boy, that revs my gosh darn <laughs> engine, baby. That's that oh, scene. I love it. Garrett on, Wilson, man.
1: Brees Hall, Aaron God, Rodgers. I mean, it's actually-
2: <laughs> I don't know if this is 24-7 after dark here, so I'm not sure I could do all the things that I want to do looking at that photo, but perhaps a different time and place uh, for those uh, conversations. But, again, it's going to happen. But the pressure points that are coming up, of course, we're in the NFL owners' meetings now. Brian Mm Gudekunst and Joe Douglas are are in the same building and vicinity. They do not have any official um, date set to, like, actually Mm -hmm. sit down and talk, but they said they've already had informal chats with each other. Uh, there's the NFL draft, which is a month from today. So shout out a month out uh, from the NFL draft, and oh, then yeah. boy, Green will be the-
1: visiting us on uh, on yeah. draft weekend. Very excited.
2: Yes, that's official. <laughs> His people, my people. We were doing mm-hmm. some conversation. His agent got back to my people, which was very nice. We we're able to lock in a juicy, long term, and very lucrative deal uh, from that standpoint. Uh, we will keep those financial terms uh, undisclosed uh, for uh, le- legality reasons, things of that nature. tampering uh, charges, things of that nature. Exactly. That's exactly right. So we won't be diving into any of that. But the big thing is the Jets OTAs, which starts like May 18th Mm -hmm. range. That's when you want Aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. there. That's when practices are happening, mandatory minicamp, things from that nature. But besides that, of course, the Jets can kick their feet up. Nothing's happening until May, quite frankly. Again, I don't want to wait till May for Aaron Rodgers to be here, but Joe Douglas isn't me. He can wait. And uh, I think it's going to be best for all parties.
1: Yeah I actually I saw Tom Pellicero said something about the the Brian uh, Gudekunst uh, I guess availability and then he talked he said no timeline on the Aaron Rodgers trade he's hoping it happens soon uh, doesn't necessarily need a first round pick which I thought was interesting and then any chance Rodgers plays for Green Bay again not trending that way but all options are on the table um, so between what we heard from like Douglas and Salah and this thought right here it seems like the Packers are kind of backing up on that first round pick that we all heard about I mean like if I'm Aaron Rodgers I I see like everything the fans are saying they're like oh man we need him we need him so Rodgers is probably like, I love this Joe Douglas is probably I'm thinking like, guys, guys, you're you're going to give yourself a heart attack here. Like, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, why do we have to make a trade before the draft? There is no reason <laughs> to get this dude in here, you know, really until, I think the first mandatory practices are like middle of June. I, I think that's the first time you have like a week of mandatory, you know, workouts. And then it's not till like July, end of July. Correct. Uh, when they report for training camp. So in my opinion, I'm like, well, screw it! Like, why not wait till July? It <laughs> doesn't matter. Let's focus on our draft. Let's get our tackle. As uh, Douglas was saying, you know, we're we're not quite there yet. We're we're still putting things together. And like, as I'm reading through the tea leaves, and they even asked Aaron Rodgers or uh, they asked Robert Sell. They're like, hey, well, what's. Uh, what do you think about if a veteran quarterback knows the system and he comes in during training camps? like, oh, well, it helps if the coordinator knows the, the quarterback and it's just brushing off something. They, these guys are ready to go into training camp. They don't care. The, the Packers, if they want a trade to happen before the NFL draft, they better, like, make it the sweetest deal possible because Joe Douglas doesn't have to make a move right now. And I would not give up any pick before the draft unless the Packers really gave me a good deal.
2: A hundred percent. And I love that part of it because that's where we're getting to. They've already said Jordan Love is our guy. So again, mm-hmm. I just have to comment real quick. There's no freaking way. Well, oh, options are on the table. Aaron Rodgers, can back, yeah. come back. Shut the <laughs> hell up. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Nice bluff. That's a, like, yep, here's my cards. I'm all in. You're bluffing. You're full of bleep boop, I'm pushing all the chips. That's ridiculous. Aaron Rodgers is not coming back. And Aaron Rodgers even said that on the Pat Magnus show. He said the idea that, you know, the Packers could say, well, the Jets didn't give us what we want. The Jets go, oh, sorry. And then I come back to Green Bay. He said, that's not realistic. So again, that's Hmm. not going to freaking happen. So Uh, Right. I don't think it's going to be the 13th pick. It shouldn't be the 13th pick. If we put it this way, it's like the ultimate Mm -hmm. get out of jail free card for Green Bay because Mm -hmm. they have backed themselves into the corner with how they set this up with the contract and everything else. If the Jets save the day and just give them the 13th pick, they could turn around to their Packers fans and say, see, it's a Jordan Love era and we got two top 15 picks. Let's ride Hmm. baby Like no We're not gonna save you You're gonna save us When you eventually Give us Aaron Rodgers For a bag of Half-eaten Doritos That's what's gonna happen And you're gonna like it So that's what's gonna happen Yeah
1: Dude I I really think I know I've got a bunch Of Packers fans in here That have, have joined the channel In the last month or so But like I really, as much as I don't want to get on you guys, I really think the Packers fans are going to be a little upset that with what the the eventual return is going to end up being. Because we've said it before that that 13th overall pick, there's a very good chance all four quarterbacks go before the Jets pick at 13, which means you are getting a top nine player in the draft, and if there's a corner that goes, I don't think the Jets are probably drafting a corner in the top 13 rounds of the, or top 13 picks, so you're talking like a top eight player fall into the New York Jets at a potential area in need. Like, that, to me, off the table. Now, the, the trade with Elijah Moore gives you the two seconds, and I think if the Packers were to say, okay, fine, we'll do the second round pick this year, we'll do a conditional pick next year, I think that's probably what the Jets offered. I Like, them giving up the third round pick leads me to believe that pick you know, wasn't necessarily being discussed, or maybe the Packers said, hey, we're not going to you know, entertain the third round pick. It's got to be at least a second. And then maybe Joe Douglas was like, okay, at least I only have two seconds to operate with, can get a center, a safety, something along those lines. How did you feel about the Elijah Moore trade, and how could that have impacted the Aaron Rodgers narrative?
2: I will say right off the bat, I, again, Elijah Moore getting traded felt like someone said, spread your legs and kick me right in the sack. I, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> like, for, to, Again, we all want to champion, you know, Joe Douglas and build him a statue. And I think mm. he's made, I think Joe du, or uh, Ritzamini had the tweet. I think it's been 20 player trades in Joe Douglas's mm. history. And again, 21 will ultimately be Aaron Rodgers. If another trade uh, doesn't come down the pike, like this is probably the trade that Joe, not probably. I mean, In a vacuum, this trade, Joe Douglas blew, Mm. that a 22-year-old is getting exited. But the reason why we can't evaluate it in a vacuum, because what if that pick, as you've intimated, ultimately leads Aaron Rodgers? Elijah Moore, Mm. a player that showed promise in year one but sucked last year, and then for whatever reason, whether him or quarterback play, and then all of a sudden that pick lands Aaron frickin' Rogers. Okay, uh, I'll wipe my tears with the money that the Jets are going to cash in with all the success uh, they're going to have in the 2023 season. It just stinks, though, so because Elijah Moore, we all thought was going to be the next coming. People were buying the jerseys and all that. Uh, so that one stinks. But I do believe back ultimately to the point – that having 42 and 43, by the way, Packers getting 43, we're picking 42. We're picking in front of your ass, baby. But uh, yes, you get 43 in that conditional pick in the future, and then some combination of players you want, Corey Davis, sold. You want Denzel Mims, okay. You want Jeremy mm-hmm. Ruckert? Maybe I know that's going to offend a lot of Jet mm. fans. I've been I've been spitting that out the last uh, couple of months. So I I, I know understand. people
1: haven't been thrilled with that, but I totally understand if they do make that trade. I hope it doesn't happen because I want to see him okay. here. I think we could win a ring with him. But I, I'm I'm on the same wavelength as you. I think that's probably if that were like the straw that needed to break, that would be the one that would be broken.
2: Yeah, I'm hearing from Packers people that they need a tight end. Now, I'm not saying they've Mm -hmm. said, "Oh man, that we want Jeremy Ruckert." But I've heard Packers Mm -hmm. say we need a tight end, and I'm like, man, the Jets have restructured both Uzama and Conklin's contracts, so they're here, Mm -hmm. and Ruckert is cryogenically frozen. I mean, is Jeremy Ruckert stopping you from getting Aaron Rodgers? I've seen some Jet fans say, "I don't know, that may be a deal breaker." (laughs) Excuse me, what do you mean? (laughs) Wait, what tight end three
1: is preventing you from getting a Hall of Fame quarterback?
2: Yeah. So unfortunately, I've seen some of those comments on the YouTube channel, which much appreciated. Again, I don't want to ship off the ultimate Mm -hmm. Jet fan and his dad. And it's a great story. So I hope, you know, Corey Davis or Denzel Mims or someone in the last year, their deal maybe is intriguing Mm -hmm. uh, to the Packers. But again, he's kind of frozen on the bench. So if you have to go in that direction, you have to go ultimately.
1: Yeah, I agree. And when I'm looking at Uzama and Conklin, I'm thinking like, okay, those two guys are locked in for the next two years. Like Conklin, if there's a tight end, that's that's kind of where I'm looking. And then the other players that I'm sort of keeping an eye on are two players that Robert Salas said the Jets are holding on to, and that's Corey Davis and Carl Lawson. And I can kind of wrap my head around the, the Carl Lawson thing. The Corey Davis side of things really feels like it's coach speak. Like if, if you had to free up some cap space to get Aaron Rodgers, that the, the removal of one of those two makes a lot of sense. And I think Corey Davis, who was – I believe the Packers were trying to get him last year or two years ago, whatever it was – that seems to make a lot of sense. With Corey Day or uh, with with Lawson, I guess where I kind of stand on it is: how likely is it that Bryce Huff gets sniped off of our squad for a second round pick? Because if if you think he might be able to get plucked, then it makes sense to hold on to Carl Lawson right now. And it might be a situation where the a team gets into the draft and they're like, "Oh man, that team got that that edge rush we wanted just in front of us. Yeah, screw it. Let's send the second round pick to the Jets." And now the Jets are sitting with you know, if you had cut Carl Lawson. Only having Jermaine Johnson, Carl Lawson, uh, Jermaine Johnson, Michael Clemens, and JFM, so I can see a situation where they want to at least hold on to Lawson. And honestly, with Lawson and Corey Davis, neither one of them have trigger dates for the money that they're owed. So, and even you know Jordan Whitehead too. I you can hold on to all those guys way into training camp and then make a decision at the end, be like, hey, you got beat out by X, Y, Z, and then make a move at that point and save all the same cap space. Um, how do you feel about Corey Davis and Carl Lawson specifically?
2: Yeah. I'm going to, you're the first person I've heard it said in this way from today's latest comments. And I, I think you're right mm. on the money. The Corey Davis one feels like coach speak because how mm. in the hell, like, again, I, I think there's a way if they really want to keep him depending again, cause there's OBJ flirtations and things of that nature. We could get into that, but like Corey Davis at his contract number isn't bad overall when you just think of wide receiver. But when you think Mm -hmm. of where he stands in the team with all the additions they made, unless Mm -hmm. they give him, and I've been floating this out there, the Jameson Crowder restructure where Jameson Mm -hmm. Crowder a few years ago had about 10 million non-guaranteed. The Jets said, all right, Jameson, here's what we'll do. We're cutting that in half. You're getting 5 million, but it's fully guaranteed. So you get, you get some financial Mm -hmm. security. We get you for cheap and it works out for everybody. So if they're hell bent on getting, Corey Davis to stay, which I'm not so sure with the flirtations of OBJ and Alan Lazard Mm -hmm. basically being a bigger, better version than what he is and what he brings to the team. That one to me feels like Coach B. Carl Lawson one doesn't. Uh, I pulled out some quotes from earlier. It was the Robert Sala one. So let me just get my reading glasses out. Let me just. uh, (laughs) I love how you have it on the
1: back of a March Madness bracket. (laughs) Yeah, you see that? I've got my little notepad and like I got scribbles (laughs) all over the place. This is what YouTubers and Twitter guys do when stuff happens. That's
2: right. (laughs) That's funny. By the way, the first one I noticed that when I've done a few videos today, i flipped this up and no one said anything. So that's it. That's spectacular. (laughs) You know, throughout. So again, Robert Soller spoke to the media for 30 minutes. Most of the questions that were personnel related, he deferred, said Joe Douglas question, Joe, Joe Joe Douglas question over and over and over again. When he got to Carl Lawson, he said, quote, I'll speak for Joe on this one and said things like pass rushers don't grow on trees. And that as long Mm -hmm. as he's walking, breathing, whatever he said, uh, he's going to be a member of the Jets. So that one to me felt like, again, coaches lie all the time, but they like the hell or high water thing with Zach Wilson or all these other nuggets. To me, that one felt like he went so far out of his way. That sounds like Carl Lawson's coming back. And by the way, it makes a lot of sense. A contract Mm -hmm. is easy to hit the eject button on to create a lot of money, Mm -hmm. which obviously created a lot of rumors, but to me, I feel like he's coming back. And quite frankly, I'd probably give him a mini extension. And then whether you mm. had void years or do whatever you want, really mm. kind of spread it out in the future. And another year removed from the Achilles injury it's going to be even better. He had a quiet mm. seven sack season. It was underwhelming because Jet Finch had hype, uh, you know, hype and hope for so much more. But I think Carl Lawson is staying Corey Davis. I'm a lot less certain of.
1: Yeah. The, with the Carl Lawson stuff, I, I agree with you. I would like to extend Carl Lawson if they're going to hold on to him. For me, giving him like like hey look you know we didn't get you the year we wanted to get you that first year we want to get you here for this two year super bowl run that we want to go on we think we're getting the quarterback let's you know take your 15 million dollars let's cut it in half let's give you the full 15 guaranteed over 2 years we we paid you for the year that you already sat on the bench with the injury. If you do that for us, we'd love to have you here. We want to make you a staple. We love having you here. That sort of thing. I sort of said the same thing about CJ Mosley too, where it's like, Hey, we want to, you know, restructure your contract, which I think they have to wait till August or September. Cause I think he restructured Correct. it last year and you can only do it once in a calendar year. Um, but that's another one. You want to drop that cap hit down. So there's, there's some hidden money. The jets can kind of shift around and move, but until you need to like actually make room for someone, there's no reason to cut, cut another player. I sort of made that, that, uh, Thought process known with Jordan Whitehead. Jordan Whitehead, someone that I thought missed a lot of tackles. I thought we could have upgraded from him. And when we we traded for Chuck Clark, I heard people say, "Oh, all right, cut Whitehead. You you got a safety." It's like, well, no. Let's let's not do that. We don't have to <laughs> move on from Whitehead right now. We can wait till like the last day of cutdowns. Let's not create the perceived hole of needing a safety in the draft where a team's going to leapfrog in front of us. So for me, that's kind of where Ben Jones falls. Like, I don't necessarily want the center from Tennessee to be like our guy, but having him on the roster might prevent someone in the second round from leapfrogging us and snatching up either a John Michael Smiths or a Luke Weipler or or one of those other centers. I think that's kind of why you hold on to these players and you, you have as many as you can until you can't hold them anymore. I think that's that's really the way the Jets are operating.
2: I think you're right. And by the way, the Ben Jones one is interesting. That's another one that both Robert Sala and Joe Douglas confirm that there's interest in no free agent visit set. There is one set for Calais Campbell who's going to fly into the team facilities on Wednesday. He will uh, visit and do his full walk around on Thursday. Like Ben Jones makes sense. There's the obvious Titans connections, Todd Downing, Keith Carter, coming in, and the center market is suppressed. The, uh, Connor McGovern, mm-hmm. the, his ass is still hanging out there. The Jets could probably get Ben Jones, who, by the way, had some retirement. I, I talked to some people in mm-hmm. Tennessee. He had some retirement stuff with the concussions. Again, overall, he's been an incredibly durable mm-hmm. player, but obviously concussions can be a scary thing because they're a non-linear injury. It doesn't just mean just because you've had a lot of them means that more are promise tomorrow, but uh, ben Junch would make sense because you could probably get him on a one or two year deal for dirt cheap. I'm talking three or four mm. million bucks. We're talking about potentially bringing him in, and that would provide that floor as a mm. fake GM on Madden. What I like to do is is <laughs> fill as many holes as possible, and then when you head into the draft, it's PPA. First off, no one can snipe yep. you, no one can jump you. You're covered. So if anything happens, you can just roll with the punches in the draft. So that to me would be highly intriguing. And then as you said, you have 42, 43 right now pre rogers mm-hmm. stuff that maybe you get John Michael Schmitz or Whipler let them battle it out if one of the youngsters wins great you have your center for hopefully the next decade if Ben Jones mm-hmm. wins fine the youngster could develop and be depth just in case offensive line injuries hit so a hundred percent on that on Ben Jones and he was a pro bowler last year so again Ben Jones provides a very nice floor system familiarity he checks off a lot of boxes
1: yeah for me Connor mcgovern it seems like uh the jets from what i understand they didn't really have any sort of like oh we want to extend you at his exit interview and they just kind of let him go like i don't know if there's a number that like if he's still sitting out there and they want to bring him back he's he's been reliable that's probably the best thing i can say for mcgovern he's been stable um the one thing that always rubbed me the wrong way by him that when when zach wilson got whacked low by the patriots like dude he just walked away like that's your quarterback. Like. I want you to get a flag (laughs) like go throw people to the ground you walking away from like that. I wanted him gone as soon as that happened. I was like, this is I'm done. I cannot do this. If I get a center, I want a big nasty son of a bitch that like will throw people around. I I don't want this like uh, I don't I don't feel like dealing with Zach or whatever. I mean, maybe he was rubbed the wrong way. Zach wasn't playing well or something. But like regardless, you got to stick up for your quarterback. Did you notice that too?
2: A hundred percent to check off a few things here. First off, yes, I agree with the reliability. Uh, Connor McGovern appeared in 48 out of 50 games in three years, which again, if you think about the end of the Kevin Mawai, Nick Mangold, 18 year mm-hmm. run of elite center play, and then the musical chairs we had with guys like Jonathan Harrison I mean, Khalil. <laughs> ugh, I, I know, like, oh, God, it's disgusting, quite frankly. When you start diving in, and then you kind of get a greater level of appreciation, both for that elite run we had back to back with those uh, great centers, and then to what we even have with Conor McGovern, where you're like, oh, not bad. Yeah, that's the thing that did bother me. I'll be honest. Connor McGovern, he did confirm the, uh, the Connor Hughes who brought that up initially of, hey, during exit meetings, they didn't talk. I got a chance mm-hmm. to uh, speak with Connor McGovern, you know, kind of behind you know, the scenes and have a conversation mm-hmm. with him. He's, he said he, wanted to, he wants to be a Jet. He really wants mm-hmm. to be a Jet. He wants to come back. He said that pre-free agency and during free agency as well. We got a chance to speak, and he said he wants to come back. But the problem is I think it may be one of those Zeke things where the feeling, mm-hmm. unfortunately, isn't mutual, but – I, to mm-hmm. answer the last part of that first, 100%. I think there is an eventual, the Jets kind of view him as a trap door and say, you know what, if all hell breaks loose, we miss out on our centers, we can't get Ben Jones, whatever happens. Well, at least Connor McGovern's out there because, you know, the center market doesn't exist. So they mm-hmm. can always just, if he really wants to play for the Jets, they can come back to him and scoop him up and bring him on there for dirt cheap. So that option's always possible. But back to that, uh, uh, you know, your sticking point, that's the thing that mm-hmm. bothers me, especially when I watch football. I think a lot of us are NFL fans, so it's not just Jets football. We mm-hmm. see other quarterbacks around the league get jacked, and then all of a sudden you see offensive linemen throwing punches and flags coming out, and I'm like, that is worth the 15 yards, baby. Put that in your back. You have your quarterback's back. You're their bodyguards. They're your protectors. Like, the fact of the matter, when Zach Wilson was getting tossed around in that New England game, you're like, the hell? Where's your pride? Where's your dignity? You are the guardians of the galaxy here for your quarterback. He's getting dicked around. You're like, oh, that sucks. Like, ugh. The Greg Van mm-hmm. Roten thing, too. Oh, that pissed me off. Oh, that friggin' pissed me off, man. What That's happened to Greg
1: Van Roten? I missed that.
2: Oh, yeah. Greg Van Roten. He came out after and kind of almost blamed Zach Wilson for the quarterback protection, saying, hey, when you're running around back there, like things happen. And I'm uh, like, what? So, yeah, that was a thing a couple of years ago. And I'm like, what an asshole. He's,
1: he's so, not like, wrong, but you can't say that like that. Yeah, like that's, that's part right. of the reason 100%. why. Well, well, let's talk about that for a second, because I think that's yeah. a very fair point. Like, the Jets' offensive line, I think, finished right around the 20s or something along those lines last year. And we are saying, like, yo, we our offensive line sucks. And I get that. We need a tackle. You need a center. But— when you have quality quarterback play that can make decisive decisions and you're not holding on to the ball, look at the worst offensive lines in the league. They're generally Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, guys that are scrambling with the ball. The sack numbers are really high. Offensive linemen wind up getting a bad name because they can't make money because they've given up a sack because your ass held on to the ball too long. Like I, I understand that, but that's where our offensive line, not just from a tackle and, and center perspective, but from like the quarterback taking ownership of of the whole offense we could really see a good offensive line next year if we we do the right things
2: 100 percent. first off yes L- let's clarify that is what gvr said a lie well no but saying it to the media in front of everybody you is can't just, say it <laughs> right Backing it up your 22 year old under the bus just seemed like a, a weird play i also will go back to that on the offensive line A lot of people have said, and I don't know if it's just negative Jet fans, I know that uh, Mm -hmm. that Jet fans have been beaten over the years, battered, bruised. They go to counseling on a a once-a-week basis to explain what the Jets did to them and point to the doll where the Jets touched them. I understand (laughs) that there is some of that out there in the universe, but... The thing I don't understand is that Aaron Rodgers is coming, right? And Jet fans mm. go, "Well, it doesn't matter if we got a crappy offensive line." And I'm like, "Wow, you sound fun at parties." But the point is is that if you really look at this offensive line, Dwayne Brown played on one arm last year. He's coming back and the mm. Jets locker room is insane for the guy. Lakin mm. can't be worse and how he was, he was a pro in bowler terms of two an... years ago. <laughs> Like, in the same system, Tell me same about position, it. 100%. So yeah. I just feel like that, it was just a weird year, man. I, I mm-hmm. You know, I had the great chance to interview like a Thomas and he was fun this offseason. I'm just telling you, man, he just seems due for a bounce back. There's just, it's so inexplainable that you could bring mm-hmm. a guy who was a pro bowler, durable as hell, still durable. He appeared in all 17 games. Apparently some Jet fans didn't want him to appear in all 17 <laughs> games, but that's a story for a different day perhaps. But he, he's going to be better. We'll figure out center. I think ultimately it's going to be a day-two pick, and we'll plug-and-play a youngster like the Jets should have the last couple of years of guys like Creed Humphrey and others, mm-hmm. but we'll die on that hill, I suppose. ABT coming back, baby. Torn triceps, he's going to be plug-and-play at right guard. And the right tackle right now, it's Max Mitchell and Makai Becton, and quite frankly, the other guys is a swing. I don't think it's as bad as some Jet fans have said, the doom and gloom. Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. is going to be erased on the field. I, I feel like the offense line could be better. And, oh, yeah, there's this thing, what's it called? Oh, yeah, the NFL draft, There's still two Time, you freaks! For Pete's sake,
1: there's so much time, so much time. Blitz crew and Garrett, I'll get to your super chats in just a second. um But yeah, dude, the, the the whole like offensive line, like oh, the Jets are in like all this panic and and what's going on. Like, I do like Dwayne Brown, honestly. You know what was interesting to me? I think the moment it happened, I was like, I think this was before the Aaron Rodgers, Pat McAfee thing. Where I was like, it's happening, like like a hundred percent, it's happening. I've always thought it was gonna happen, like since we got Hackett, but when they restructured Lake and Tomlinson to guarantee him the two years and not just this year, I was like, something's going down, something's happening right now. They think they can have him for the next two years, and then I think Rogers happened. This was probably over the weekend. I think it was the weekend happening just before the tampering period started was when they restructured him. And I was like, that's a weird move based on what I watched. Did you kind of get the same sort of odd inkling when that happened? It was
2: on the other side. So, again, I know a lot of Jet Mm -hmm. fans and me certainly watching. I was just confused on what was going wrong with Lakin. But it was to me that the Jets – are either having the same optimism I'm having? There's no way. Last year was an outlier. Look at the history. Like <laughs> judge it on the history. There's no freaking mm-hmm. way that this guy Space Jam style just lost all of his powers and now he's just a random big guy.
1: Like, Needs m- because, Mike's secret uh, sauce or whatever. Yeah, yeah, or Mike's m- secret yeah, uh, right. drink. Yeah,
2: what is that? Yeah, yeah, his secret sauce or juice or whatever that was. Yeah, so I like got some right so like, in here. Yeah. hundred percent. Boom. Yeah. Share it with him. Share it with him. Pass it down the line. So like, to me, I think that's what the Jets said that there's just no frigging way he's going to bounce mm-hmm. back. We believe in him. And then thus quote unquote, investing in him. It's just moving money around, but obviously mm-hmm. making it harder to move on in shorter time. I think the jets are just doubling down essentially and saying, mm-hmm. Oh no, we believe in this guy. We're not just going to hit the eject button. I've heard some jet fans that floated that out earlier this offseason. season. It was just never mm-hmm. a way one year in mm-hmm. they were going to dump Laken. So that was always nonsense.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree with th- those fans that were saying, hey, you got to move off him." myself when I was thinking about like, OK, you know, we're probably going to move on from after this year based on his contract and performance last year. If he doesn't improve, my thought was like, OK, yeah, let's bring in a-, a veteran center. Let's get a guard and center combo in the draft. That could be the backup in case things go sideways with Tomlinson. Now it seems like you're locking into Tomlinson. You got your your guys that you brought in from what was it, Washington and Carolina. Is that where they the two center Cologne? guard guys came from? Oh, Ravens, Ravens, yes. Ravens, yeah, there it is. And, like, those guys are kind of, like, the replacements for, like, a Feeney and a Herbig and those kind of guys, so we're still looking for, like, the starting caliber players. But, uh, yeah, I-, I love the confidence in Tomlinson. I I was sort of in that same wavelength where I was like, he can't be worse than last year. Like, let's give him a prove-it year this year and see what winds up happening. And they're like, no, we got confidence in him. We're going to bring him back for two years. I'm, like, cool, whatever. <laughs> you-, you guys yeah. are way better at grading players than I am. I Trust me, whatever. Uh, <laughs> now, as as... As far as what other questions did I have in here? Um yep. the we Oh, the last one I want to touch on. I shouldn't say the last one, but the Lamar Jackson stuff. We do have a, a question oh, in the yes. in the live chat. Where do you want to pivot to Lamar Jackson? I had a bunch of people tag me in tweets. They're like, what do you think? Should we start talking to him? You know, push this Aaron Rodgers, thing. get make the Green Bay Packers panic. I love what Joe Douglas said. I don't believe Salah necessarily commented on it. But Joe Douglas was saying like, hey, look, we're not going to operate in bad faith. We know what our plans are. If we were to he didn't say this, but if we were to talk to Lamar Jackson, we know we're going for Aaron Rodgers. So we're going to operate in bad faith with them or we're going to operate in bad faith with the Packers trying to leverage them. It's smarter on all fronts. You got to deal with these guys well beyond the players careers. I think it's smart not to kind of, you know, shun anyone off to the side and you just say, hey, look, we're operating good faith. We want this. You know where do things go from here? What did you think of Sala and Douglas's response to the Lamar Jackson stuff? And what do you think about the Lamar Jackson stuff?
2: Yeah, first off, uh, Sala and uh, poor Harbaugh. Uh, Lamar Jackson sent the tweet out in the morning because mm-hmm. that's what because we talked about it on our radio show. So it had to have made the morning show that Sala was speaking when Lamar sent out the tweet. So someone said Robert John Lamar Harbaugh Jackson, was too. Yeah, was was in the middle. it
1: was as soon as he went live or whatever they like Word Lamar up. sent the tweet and got 100%. him like in the worst position. Yep.
2: A hundred percent. And someone like either showed Robert solid the tweet like, hey, look, Lamar just requested mm. a trade. He went, oh, uh, well, uh, you know, and he was a little caught off guard, but he just kind of deflected very nicely mm. and said, oh, you know, he's a really talented quarterback. I think he was asked about him twice. And the earlier one, he just said that's a Joe D question. He's a good player, but like mm-hmm. that's up to Joe D. Joe Douglas was obviously more blunt about it and said uh, exactly what you did, that it would be disingenuous, quite frankly, to conversate with Lamar Jackson knowing how deep we are on the road. Our full plan Mm -hmm. is to get Aaron Rodgers. We know what's going to happen. It's going to happen at some point. So just to either do it to curry favor to try to speed things along or or, or go dirty, if you want to call it that, because in theory what fans are suggesting is, hey, man, if you Mm -hmm. just go tickle around Lamar, the Packers realize they have no one else to go to. Oh, Oh, okay, 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 we'll do the deal. But Joe Douglas Mm -hmm. didn't want to go in those waters because he doesn't believe he has to. He believes the Packers Mm -hmm. will ultimately acquiesce to his demands, which is hilarious to be on this side of the receiving end of that Mm -hmm. conversation. So, again, Lamar Jackson is talented. He's a 26-year-old, former NFL MVP. I think Connor Hughes mentioned it well on SNY. I got a chance to uh, listen to him for a few minutes after uh, hearing both sides of Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. And he simply said that if Lamar Jackson would have set out this trade and made it very known earlier in the year, again, technically his non – so let's just put it, his private mm. trade request came on March 2nd. That was 25 days ago. Yes. The public trade mm. request came out today on March 27th. He said if that would have happened in January or February, the Jets would have been, quote, unquote, all in on Lamar Jackson. Because it didn't mm. come out till March. The Jets made decisions. They were doing things while Lamar Jackson was mm-hmm. swanking around, doing whatever the hell he was doing. And the Jets said, you know, we're going all in on Rodgers. So I agree with the decision. Lamar's awesome. And to be honest, if Lamar continues to hang in the wind here as a non-exclusive franchise tag, and we're post-draft, that's when Joe mm-hmm. Douglas could say, okay, let's get mm-hmm. freaky. Let's start talking about that. But right now in March, they feel pretty comfortable that the Packers ultimately in the Game of Thrones style will bend the knee. Bend the knee, Goody. Uh, I saw someone had the hashtag in the chat, Goody is booty. Ben the knee, Goody is booty, <laughs> and it's happening. And he believes that's going to happen, so of course that the Lamar stuff would be nonsense. But again, after the draft, then maybe we could get funky ultimately with where that goes.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that Hugh that said that. I, that doesn't strike me as true. Like if I were to, I, I mean, he might believe it, but for me, right. when I'm looking at Joe Douglas and I see the Baltimore Ravens and that's where he came from, I took it more as like Douglas sitting there and saying like, there's a reason they're not paying him that money. Or there's like, like I don't necessarily wanna You know, do that to that organization, that specific organization, because that's, you know, where they gave me my start. Like, I have a good relationship with everyone in there. That's sort of the the route I went. Like, it just it wouldn't make sense more than anything. I do think after the draft, not even after the draft, if it were me and I were either the Colts or the Falcons, as soon as my pick was up on pick four or pick eight, I would put (laughs) in the offer to Lamar and I would force the Ravens to have five days to match the contract, three of which they're focusing on the NFL draft. Now, that's Ooh. also the Dolphins. Dolphins have to wait till after day one because they don't have a first-round pick this year. But the Colts Correct. and the Falcons, they can do it as soon as their pick's up.
2: 100%. That's sneaky. That's why I don't think a lot of – and you, you spoke of it so eloquently. I don't think a lot of fans realize because they're not digging into the nitty-gritty because they probably don't have to because mm. they can listen to this gas-darn show, baby, and get all the juicy <laughs> deets. But the fact of the matter is is that that part of the non-exclusive tag is that you have to give up first-rounders in the next two drafts. Obviously, Miami mm-hmm. doesn't have one, so that's why they have to wait. But as soon as the Colts cash in theirs and, in theory, give pick four, which is what Indianapolis has, or Atlanta at eight, they get a piece that can help them immediately, and then they cash in the Lamar Jackson offer, and they're like, okay, mm-hmm. you can have a first-round pick in 2024, 2025. We don't give a flying oot. We just use mm-hmm. the fourth overall pick, baby. So you're going to be in a great spot. So 100%. That's that, that, that's sneaky. Uh, I, I don't know. Oh, mm-hmm. is this a Colts talk twenty four seven? Falcons talk twenty four seven? Are contract offers flowing Dude. in on a, on a new potential <laughs> brand change? I don't know.
1: <laughs> Falcons for me. I Look, I always keep my, my, my hand on the pulse overall of, of what I can. It's a little tough to, to know all of it all the way. But the Falcons are one that offered all the picks for Deshaun Watson. They offered all the money for Deshaun Watson, only they weren't going to give it to him if he was convicted. The Browns decided to do that no matter what. So if you're – me, like as soon as they said like, oh, yeah, we're not interested in Lamar, I was like, there's an alternative uh, ulterior motive. There's, there's no way they're totally out on Lamar after throwing the bag at Watson. Like that just doesn't pass the sniff test to me. Do you think – now we've heard like rumblings. Heideke. What the hell? Yeah, there's, like, I'm sorry. That's not selling the, uh, not that you could sell Chick-fil-A in that stadium on a Sunday, but regardless, like, I don't think it's selling what you want to sell in that jersey, like, in that stadium. Like, if you bring in Lamar, all of a sudden you got the shades of Michael Vick back there in Atlanta. You've got the, the tight end that Lamar loves already in Baltimore. They've got the next best thing in Kyle Pitts. They got Drake London down there. Like, there is a lot to love about Atlanta and Lamar Jackson, and I think one of which being the whole, uh, you know, Ravens, if they get the opportunity to trade him out of conference, that's what they would prefer. I don't think they want to have the offer sheet thing happen. That to me is is a whole bag of worms. 100%.
2: 100%. Now, uh, to your point, they're not exclusive. They don't have a flying, any team, Falcons, uh, Buccaneers even. They could sign them and they don't have a choice. But there is the alternate, alternative angle in which you say that the Ravens and the Falcons are, or maybe a different team that's, uh, yeah, Falcons or something that are in the NFC, where they could chat and they can kind of skip over the non-exclusive and negotiate a grander deal where they don't have to go to the offer sheet or the team can bend them over the barrel and do the off sheet and force their hand. So there's a lot of different avenues potentially to explore this. But this has a chance to drag. And if it does, again, the Ravens could be in a tough spot if the Colts or Falcons do your little dirty action here, uh, my friend. And uh, that would be hilarious, though. That would be spectacular.
1: Dude, it'd be absolutely nuts. And Tigo, I did see that in the chat. Uh, Miami would only have to wait until the pick that they forfeited. So as soon as that, I think it's pick 19. As soon as that eclipses, then they would be able to then offer that trade because they had to give up the pick. I get the hunch, what would happen if the friggin' Patriots jumped in on this? I hope that's not the case. I think they're, they're gonna oh. be stuck with Mac Jones. But could you imagine Josh Allen Aaron Rodgers. Wow. Everyone says it's going to be Tua in Miami, and I think it is until Tua gets hurt. Then I think there's a really good shot midseason that Tom Brady ends up in Miami. Do you think that? W- Where do you?
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, they did pick up the fifth year option, but again, that's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady to do the uh, you know the pitcher and the bullpen sort of thing. Mm-hmm. He will already be in Florida, and there's also the weird in if Miami. Yeah, 100%. Like, let's put this out there for a second. If the Dolphins lost their first-round pick as part of tampering, they were willing to go that far. Now you're saying mm-hmm. they're not willing to go that far with it free? They just have to convince mm-hmm. him off out of the retirement home? Like, that's where people mm-hmm. are saying, oh, no, it's definitely over. The Tom Brady thing's over. No, it's not. I could totally see that. And imagine that division. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, my goodness. Uh, that would be dude you're wild. telling me they got
1: two injury prone guys you got Mike White who yeah. I love but Mike White and Tua you don't have the most healthy quarterback room you're almost asking for something to eventually happen and if it does chaos happen like look they, they they had a great season when Tua was healthy and I'm sure they would do well with Mike White healthy and then if both guys go down I think you know clearly you're in a position where you're trying to make the playoffs and Tom Brady could probably come in pretty easily I would think
2: a hundred percent. And what Skylar Thompson, is he going to stop the top right here? I mean, come on people. So no, I, I think that for sure. The Patriots thing though, is interesting because like, there are so many facets with this that, you know, mm-hmm. two first round picks, 200 million plus guaranteed. I'd imagine to get into that mm-hmm. ballpark with Bill Belichick, the head coach GM. I mean, the good thing is, is he's one man so mm-hmm. he has the same job for both, so he doesn't really have to check himself with anybody. He can make that decision. That's what Robert Kraft says. That's a Bill Belichick decision, which is interesting because that's, uh, that's Robert Kraft money we're talking about. But I don't know. I wonder if New England would be willing to do that. I mean, Mac Jones had a major regression last year. If I'm New England, I do it mm-hmm. selfishly. But you know, uh, mm-hmm. being a Jets guy, I hope. I sure hope to the hell they don't.
1: Yeah, I, it's funny. The one team that I could see like a real curveball and a big fu to the rest of the league. Could you imagine Dan Snyder comes in and says 500 million fully guaranteed 10 years. No questions. Oh, by the way, I'm selling the team. All you guys wanted me out. Fuck you all. <laughs> I'm out the there door. You, you go. got to worry about my chaos that I've left behind because I'm not on the hook for it. Someone else bought my team.
2: 100%. See, that's a key, and that's what I've been thinking about this whole time, because obviously Washington is another one of uh, those teams that could be on hard knocks. It's uh, mm-hmm. Bears, Saints, Washington, Jets. and that's Oh, it's the Jets.
1: One, it's, there's no way it's not it's the Jets. It's obvious.
2: It is obvious, Jets. <laughs> and uh, by the way, I'm fully embracing it. I'm embracing the five primetime mm-hmm. games. They're going to get the maximum five primetime games in May. They're going to get yep. hard knocks. They're going to get the flex opportunities, which ultimately are going to equate out to about 11 or 12 national primetime games, according to Peter King, is what it will be. So I I am fully on board for all that jazz, baby. Sign me the hell up. But – yeah. I, yeah. I just, I think that's the thing with Washington though, is that like, you know, it has to be pretty like handshake quick, whether it's going to Bezos or anyone else. Like, mm-hmm. okay, sign up to deal. Okay. You're responsible for it. Not my ass. I'm getting the nice paycheck in and now that could be a nice swap again. Cause what Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett. what the hell are we freaking doing people? Mm-hmm. I mean, geez, a Oh
1: yeah. No, it makes, it makes no sense to me. I like I get not wanting to pay a quarterback so much money who has missed ten games over the course of the last two years, but I just—if you don't have a quarterback like Washington or like you know, I mean, seemingly the Jets haven't had him forever, but we we all feel comfortable we're going to get Aaron Rodgers. But like those teams that haven't had one in so long, why not, dude? At the like, so what if he might get injured? Like, let's ride or die on this. This guy is friggin' electric. I <laughs> I would have been on that train, you know, if if everything worked out differently, maybe they they go that route, but. I don't know. Let's jump over to a few super chats. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Blitz crew dropped in, said as a Jets fan, Ruckert would take it for his team. Yeah. We were talking about Ruckert possibly being involved in the Aaron Rodgers trade. And if that were the straw that needed to break the camel's back, the Jets would ultimately do it. None of us want to see him go. But what Blitz crew is saying here is that Jeremy Ruckert would do the trade to go to green Bay. So his Jets would win a super bowl. That's a true fan. I love me. So Jeremy Ruckert, you think that's exactly how it would go down?
2: That's so funny. I hadn't thought about it in that way, but as a jet fan, oh sacrifice me as a sacrificial you know animal sacrifice to the gods above to mm-hmm. equate back to the Jet Super Bowl and the jets will be like, here's your Super Bowl ring, we'll send it to you. I know you weren't part of the team, but uh, here you go. And here for Bill, your father too. That is a uh, that's a spectacular oh. interpretation of it. Yes, that's amazing.
1: Dude, 100%. If he wound up going to the trade and we wound up getting a ring, you'd have to send him a ring. Like you'd almost have to let him – actually, he would get a ring because if this trade doesn't get done until – That's true. Like, yeah, he would be technically part of the team right now, and this is part of the new league year. In some capacity, he practices with the team. That rep that he did against someone else may have made that person better than whatever. It It's interesting. So he actually would get a ring if he was traded and the Jets won a Super Bowl. Yeah, Interesting stuff. Garrett drops in. He says, "Shane Falco's O line straight up shot other another quarterback's Porsche." Just saying, yeah, Joe uh, Joe Flack. I, I, Shane Falco from The Replacements. They, yeah. I I love that movie. Absolutely love that movie. Keanu. Yeah, that's a great movie. Thing Thing yeah. of Beauty. My favorite part is when they're in the the huddle and they puke and they're like, "Okay, we got to move the huddle." <laughs> they all shift. Like, I want to get some goddamn <laughs> sumo wrestlers on our offensive line. I want like the biggest fatties up front you could possibly get.
2: That's beautiful. That's a hundred percent. Again, we need this level. We, I, I don't know what the opposite, you know, equivalent is. We know, I guess, it's Conor McGovern, But how do we get to that in the movie reference world? That's what we need to find out. But that's uh, that's great. That's the kind of uh, protection we need to see.
1: <laughs> Blitzcrew drops in says, if Rucker does it, oh, wow. Ring of Honor. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. If that were – I hope I hope it's not the case. I want him catching the, the game-winning – oh, dude, I want Rucker to catch the game-winning Super Bowl touchdown from Aaron Rodgers. And then, like, we're all crying because we're the, the embodiment of, of Ruckert on the field catching a Super Bowl pass. Oh, it would be absolutely magnificent. Mutt Viles 100%. drops in. Oh, oh, it's great. Mutt Viles drops in. What's up, dude? He celebrates 27 months of membership. Thank you, dude. He says, I'm going to lose my gosh darn bananas (laughs) if we don't end up with Rodgers or Lamar. I don't care. Lamar goes, uh, just no Miami, no New England. Please and thank you. Boy Green, who is a sneaky trade sign? Do you see the Jets making? So, guys, if you have not watched the Jets' Twitter documentary on the diehards, Boy Green has the greatest, absolutely greatest little clip that they put in there, and dude, I've anytime I pull it up and I send it to someone, it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. And he goes, "Oh, uh, you do it. You you do it. You you are the guy that could do it. You yeah. do it."
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. It's so funny in the middle of a forty-five minute interview, you have no idea the things you're saying. So it's funny the things they pick. They're like, "Oh, there you go." But yeah, they asked me, "What is your reaction going to be if the Jets get Aaron Rodgers?" And I'm like. Phew. I'm going to lose my gosh darn bananas, baby. And then, boom, it uh, it goes crazy. So I get that clip probably tweeted once a day at me, and it's phenomenal. I'm fully embracing that, uh, 100%. 27 months of membership, great support uh, for Jets Talk 24-7. So let's see, a sneaky trade. I don't know how sneaky this is. I'm not sure how mainstream it's become, but one mm. that uh, we were talking about a little bit earlier on the show is Kevin Byard, who's one of the best safeties mm. sneaky in the terms of, I don't think people often consider him among the best safeties in the NFL, but he really is mm. up there. When you look at what, whatever you want to interpret it as stats, analytics, Pro Bowls, anything like Kevin Byard would be sneaky. Good to pair with like a Chuck Clark. Cause I know we've heard mm. about Jordan Whitehead, I think it was Salah who gave him – yeah, it was Salah. He gave him the lukewarm – I don't know. It's like not a true vote of confidence, but it was like somewhere in the vicinity where he said, oh, man, Joy Wyatt's going to be better in year two. So he didn't mm-hmm. really go out of his way and say he's 100% going to be on the roster, but he kind of gave like a, eh, you know – He's going to be there. So, like, mm-hmm. Kevin Byard would be safety because you start going through the positions. Who's, it, who's mm-hmm. it going to be? Like, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins? I don't think so. I think we're going OBJ mm-hmm. if we're going wide receiver. Like, running back, you're not trained for one of those. Offensive linemen are hard. Mm-hmm. Do you want Jonah Williams? Like, geez, mm-hmm. Lou. I mean, that guy stinks. So, you got to. Yeah, defense, I'm not
1: on the Jonah defense. Williams trend.
2: Yeah, again, the guy I would have loved and it wouldn't have been trade. It would have been signed, I guess, as the two options mm-hmm. Fletcher Cox. I got to meet Fletcher yeah. Cox at a Mississippi airport. I, I, I freaking love Fletcher Cox, man. Oh, he would have been so great with Quinn. that would have been amazing. So Kevin Byard, mm-hmm. I guess, again, I don't know how mainstream that is, but uh, Kevin Byard would have been one, uh, would be one that I would really love to see uh, this offseason.
1: That would be a really interesting one. I, I think he's a phenomenal safety, and at this point, he's like 30 years old. This would be the perfect time for him to to go ring hunting when it seems like Tennessee is is shopping. Derrick Henry. We don't know if Tannehill's really going to be there that long. I know they've been saying he is, but you know we'll see how that kind of plays out. For those of you guys wondering, Kevin Bayard, uh, his contract this year, if traded would be about $14 million this year and about $14 million next year. You could cut him after 2024 with no dead cap. Uh, So really not a bad option. And he doesn't have any guaranteed money left. So basically you could trade for him and then if you wanted to guarantee him a lower amount, keep him for the two years. I think that's a great option. Uh, Now it's just a matter of how much the Titans want to get him for. If you could get him for a mid-round pick, I think that's something you, you, you highly consider. He's been highly productive in his time in Tennessee. Um, as far – if I had to pick a, a trade that I think is a little outside the box that I haven't heard many people talk about, um, and it's it's the plan B. It's the, the, the oh, no, what's going to wind up happening? If Aaron like let's say the nuclear button happens, and Aaron Rodgers okay. just has this change of heart, and he's like, screw it. I'm done waiting. I want to retire. You know, it's not even, like, he's not even coming to the Jets. He's not going anywhere else. He's just, he's done. Like, that's what winds up happening. And the Jets are like, okay, where do we go? Everyone's going to say Lamar. But I would say, I've heard rumors, and I don't know how true it still currently is, but I heard the Rams were trying to shop Matthew Stafford. And if he's traded post-June 1st, it's one and a half million this year. It's 31 million next year. And there is no guaranteed money after that, which means he is fully able to be cut, no dead money. If I had a dollar to put on a trade, I, I know Kirk Cousins could be an option too with the one year 30 million if traded. I don't I don't love Kirk. I'm kind of out on him at this point. But Stafford for two years, guys won a Super Bowl. I know, the back is a concern. You know, is there any nerve damage anywhere? Like that's my biggest concern with him. But if you think you could get two years, like if the if the thought process is Zach's gotta sit at least for a year, we want someone that can provide us, you know, baseline quarterback play. I think Stafford could at least give you middle of the pack to slightly below average quarterback play if he's regressing. And I think last year that would have won us the AFC East. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Two things here. First off, uh, Zach Rosenblatt on the Can't Wait podcast said a while back that in the Jets mm. quarterback evaluation, they basically made a, a wish list, so to speak, mm. of all the quarterbacks that are on their list. Matthew Stafford was on their list of guys that they evaluated. So that oh, was on their list. So Zach Rosenblatt got that out. My only problem is, as I compare Matthew Stafford to, you know, if you bought a Mister, a used Mr. Potato Head toy, and it was missing <laughs> a few pieces. I mean, yeah. I think Stafford is a broken bag of glass. I love him. Came from mm-hmm. Georgia. No, number one overall pick. The same year as our boy, Mark Sanchez, which seems crazy. Sanchez is well mm-hmm. into his broadcasting career. And Stafford is still in the NFL. Just won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of wild in the same draft class. But he's got a rocket for an arm. An absolute howitzer. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, so I love Stafford. I love the talent. I just think he's... I don't know if washed, just broken. The injuries yeah. are just so much that that concerns me. But again, as an option in the nuclear scenario, I can think of worse things than Matthew mm-hmm. Stafford. So maybe, maybe.
1: Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's one that I, I feel like is not totally out of the realm of possibility. I I don't think the jets are going to remotely need plan B. And if you look at what Sal and Douglas said during today's press conference, like I don't think they're necessarily even thinking that they need a plan B. Like I, I think they're looking at it and they're saying like, okay. If the Packers were to hold on to Rodgers, like what happens in that situation? Well, they destroy their salary cap, not this year, but with the dead cap hit after, and if Rodgers says, I'm playing two years, and the Packers hold on to him, now you're talking $100 million dead cap hit in the year that you need to try and re-sign Jordan Love. So, like, they really need to move on from him unless they say, hey, we don't care about Jordan Love, we're going to use Rodgers and Love for two years to try and win a Super Bowl, and then we're just going to, you know, hit the reset button after that. I mean, I guess they could do that, but that seems, like, pretty silly. I One thing that the we, we got into uh, in the... In the they were asking, "Is Zach quarterback too?" and and Robert Sala said, "Yep, Zach, Zach's my quarterback too." Uh, and then he like immediately sort of was like, "Well, wait, hold on, I know that's gonna be the clip." And you, you heard, I think it was Samini saying, like, "Oh, was, you caught me mid tweet or whatever." And uh, I thought that was funny. Do you see Zach being quarterback too going into the season, or do you see someone else? And if so, is there someone that you kind of have in mind?
2: Yeah. So yeah, let's uh, for people who miss that. Uh, I saw the, because again, I do a radio show 10 to 12. So the live Robert Sauer press conference, I was seeing reporters tweets first. And I saw the tweet come in that Zach Wilson is QB two. I'm like, Oh, interesting. Okay. We did a video on that over the weekend. So, okay. And I'm like, well, I always like myself and you did the same thing after is listening to the full solid press conference and the Mm -hmm. full Joe Douglas press conference and coming up with our own notes. Like, okay, I heard Mm -hmm. what the reporter said, but I want to hear him say it. I just want to hear if I see or hear something differently. And when Robertson was initially asked if Zach Wilson is QB2, he said, as of right now, and mm-hmm. I went, zoinks, as of right now, what does that mean? And Robertson went, whoa, 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 timeout, timeout, mm-hmm. F O baby. I know that's going to be the headline. Zach Wilson's our quarterback, too. I take that back. He's 100% our quarterback, two. blah, 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 blah. He's the guy. Yes, I'm going to be uh, – this may upset some Jet fans. I, I don't know the temperature in this particular chat. Zach Wilson's going to be the QB2. Here's the fact mm-hmm. of the matter, and I know a lot of people are not going to be uh, not going to be happy with that. But the fact of the matter is, he's getting paid 11 million a change. They're not going to cut him. It's cost prohibitive, quite frankly, to cut him. It would be like 20 mm-hmm. million in dead cap or something to cut him. Mm-hmm. You can't trade him. He doesn't have any value of any substantial gain. Is a day three pick value? No, I don't think so. Especially two years mm-hmm. into a number two overall pick. And they believe, on top of all that stuff, they believe. That, you know, with a, you know, kind of removed from the spotlight, so to speak, and with Aaron Rodgers' idol growing up and everything, that it could be the perfect storm, so to speak, of putting it mm-hmm. all together. Again, would that have been the case of Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo at 31? I don't think so. I think that would have been a rub, and it could have been awkward, could have caused issues. But mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers at 39, who turns 40 in the middle of the season, I don't know. I think it could work. Now, I'm not saying it could work at Zach Wilson's a franchise quarterback next year. But I think in the meantime it can work, and I think Brian Costello. I'm going to give him a shout out. He joined the mm-hmm. Crew podcast. That was with Josine Jers- Anderson. He had this great line mm-hmm. from the Peyton Manning Tom Moore days, way back in the Indianapolis days. Mm-hmm. They were asked, "Why doesn't uh, Why doesn't the backup quarterback take any reps during practice? Peyton Manning's getting them all." He turned the reporter and said, "If Peyton Manning gets hurt, we're fucked. It's not going <laughs> to matter who the backup quarterback <laughs> is." And you know what? We're true. If Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. goes down, whether it's Zach Wilson, Brian Hoyer, or whatever made up quarterback, the jets are still done. So like, mm-hmm. you know, with all due respect, I mean, while sure, Zach Wilson would be one injury away from going in. Are you feeling any better about a realistic backup at this point? We're talking Brian Hoyer is the one that keeps coming up because the jets explored him, uh, mm-hmm. in April Two of ago? 2021. Yeah. Correct. Oh, okay. So, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. So that was two years ago. So, but like, that's what I'm talking about. When we when we look at those options, is that oh, well, we're still winning the Super Bowl. Brian Hoyer. Of course, we're not winning the Super Bowl. So you just have to hope that Aaron Rodgers has been incredibly durable throughout his career, continues to be durable. So that Tom Moore, Peyton Manning line makes me laugh every time. And that's that's I mean, that's the honest truth.
1: Yeah, it's it's spot on, and that's kind of where I, I've I I was at that point. I've been saying Zach is going to be quarterback too. Basically, the entire offseason. I've been saying, look, Derek Carr, we were flirting with him. The guy has played in 100, and, I forget what it was, 140 out of 143 games or whatever he wound up playing in. Aaron Rodgers hasn't missed a game in five years, and then like he's missed only a handful of games in the last like eight or nine years. Like The Jets are rolling into this season under the assumption their starting quarterback is playing every game and Zach Wilson is getting a redshirt season. I do think we bring in a backup quarterback or quarterback competition in training camp specifically, and in my mind I'm thinking, okay, the traits I need for a backup quarterback where like I do want to give Zach a fully redshirt year, you know, I agree with you. If Aaron Rodgers goes down for the season, we're washed. It doesn't matter who the backup quarterback is. But in the situation that Aaron Rodgers, you know, you know, does something and he's out for two, three weeks, do we rely on, on Zach Wilson? And the answer is a maybe, I think. I think it depends on how training camp goes. I think there's a real shot the Jets try to get Blake Bortles out of retirement to help run Nathaniel Hackett's system, who he's already run before. And he's that low-cost option that the Jets can cut in training camp that no other team is going to pick up. And you have the, the flexibility of having Zach as your number two the entire season, unless Rodgers goes down. Then you pick up Bortles midseason and you say, okay, you don't have a guaranteed contract because it's beyond week one. No one's looking to pick this dude up. And now the Jets have someone that can at least operate the system and then maybe you, lie, you know, rely on Brees Hall and all that sort of stuff, unless Zach develops. But I think for me, you know The competition of Bortles during training camp, cutting him, allowing Zach to be the second guy, and then bringing him in in like the oh shit scenario later on, that to me is the best option.
2: Yeah, and again, that's not crazy. That's something I floated a couple of months ago about an opportunity mm. to bring Blake Bortles with the natural connection. The, the thing I will say mm. though, and this separates us from Madden world, is that Zach Wilson as QB3, as some Jet fans have floated out, okay, you don't want to cut or trade him, just make him QB3. As Mm -hmm. Brian Castell also said on that podcast, but you know, he's the first one I heard say it, so I'll just write Mm -hmm. off that. But I feel the same way. If Zach Wilson goes to QB three, the jets told him, Hey, you're the savior two years ago.
0: Now Mm -hmm. you're,
2: you're not the savior. You're not the QB two, but you're the QB three. So just go sit over there in the corner. Like Mm -hmm. he may never recover from from that. While some jet fans will be like, I don't give a flying who, whether he recovers from that or not. Well, the jets still believe in him whether or not the fans Mm -hmm. do. And I think I could speak for myself, The part that really came out for me is Thursday Night Football, Jaguars game. I was so hyped up. I'm like, man, Mm. this kid, this is his chance. That's the moment where I stepped away and said, we're we're getting somebody else next year. And that's when I started pounding the table for Aaron Rodgers at that point. At that moment Mm. in time, I said, okay, uh, that, that one hurts. I'm moving on, and it's good. But now at this point, I still think if you really evaluate it, he's going to be the guy. You can't put him at QB three. That's not realistic. Mm -hmm. If you put him at QB three, his confidence is washing. You might as well just cut him because it's not going to matter. Mm -hmm. You still believe in him at QB two hell or high water, all those other comments. They believe in him. If the fan, even if the fans don't.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I know a a lot of fans were quick to throw out Zach with the bathwater and it was very easy after the Patriot game where, you know, he didn't score any points. And then the Jaguar game, I think was probably the lowest point that I felt like, Watching this season, that one just, like, hurt. It felt like the confidence wasn't there, like, at all. And even going into the game, I'm like, oh, man, this is just not... This doesn't feel great. <laughs> it feels like we wanted to just kind of shelve him for the rest of the year. And then, unfortunately, Mike White goes down, and you don't have a quarterback at that point. Playing Streveler would be a joke. I mean, you have him as, like, the, the Streveler package, the running quarterback. I was hoping they would have Streveler next to Zach to create some kind of confusion for defenses. But, yeah, it was... It, I agree with you. I think Zach's got to be quarterback too. I don't think the Jets are are planning on playing him at all. They're banking on their starting quarterback, playing every single game. And then, you know the the fans that were thinking, oh well, well Derek Carr, he could have been four, five, six years our quarterback. Yeah, well Aaron Rodgers could be our quarterback for two years, and then Zach Wilson could be it for the next ten. Like that's how the Jets are looking at it. And I saw a tweet the other day, and I, I wish I had retweeted it so I could pull it up again. But the uh, they were talking about Zach Wilson's metrics, maybe like at the combine or maybe going through pro days or whatever. He still has, I think, it's the hardest throw of any quarterback to ever come out of the the uh, you know college football, and I think he has. I think they, they projected him or thought he ran a 4-5-40. Like, his metrics are friggin' electric. Like, to give up on this kid because he's had two, like, putrid seasons, I would really be upset if the Jets let him go or traded him at a loss and he goes and has success somewhere else. I would be absolutely over a barrel. I would actually go so far as to say, I shouldn't say go so far, but you got a year and two drafts to uh, evaluate if you want to exercise Zach's fifth-year option. Because of the way the fifth year option works, there's four different fifth-year options. Zach is going to qualify for the lowest of the th- of the four because he's not going to hit the fifty percent threshold for playing time. So I think there's a real shot next year the Jets decide to exercise Zach Wilson's option knowing that they're going to have Rodgers for the two years. They're going to have a big-time dead cap hit in 2025, and they're going to say, hey, look, this season might be washed anyway. It's to our benefit to just throw it at the wall. Who cares? This Look at the metrics this guy has. Let's give it one more go, and if it doesn't work— We're going to have all the—the dead cap will be cleared. Theoretically, the Jets are going to have a lot of free agents that might wind up walking because, you know, we don't have the cap space to retain them, so maybe you get some comp picks. The Jets would be primed in 2026 to draft a quarterback very high. And not that you're planning for it, but there's a a certain quarterback with the last name with an M that comes out that year— that is kind of like, well, if you had to take a swing, if Zach doesn't work out and everyone's telling me he's a horrible quarterback, then maybe there's a situation where it implodes and you now have all this ammo on a loaded team to go get a very interesting quarterback in that draft.
2: So you're saying I could get some use out of that Manning Jets jersey from the late 90s? Is that? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> excellent, excellent. No, that, That's not That's not plan A, but it's a nice fallback <laughs> if plan A doesn't work out. I think, uh, to be honest, it's fasting. No one else is
2: talking mm-hmm. about what you just said about the fifth-year option, but it's almost mm-hmm. the Jordan Love thing. And now it's a little different because the Packers are exercising the fifth-year option and will in early May from mm-hmm. everything I hear. They are going to exercise that option, which will take him under contract for two years. They'll have him through mm-hmm. 2023 and 2024, and he is mm-hmm. planning to start. Obviously in twenty twenty three. By the Jets calculations, if Aaron Rodgers is here for the two years, then Zach Olson would still be a backup in that fourth year and his fifth year mm-hmm. option would be the first year after Rodgers two years later. That's the math, mm-hmm. the calculator Correct. beep boop bop on that. Yep. Um And to be honest, it kind of quietly makes sense, especially with how you just described Mm -hmm. it uh, with the fifth-year option, different levels. I think Zach Wilson Mm -hmm. could be the guy, and especially the Jets are going to evaluate it from this standpoint. It may not be on the field, although another good point is Zach Wilson's going to play the entire spring. He's going to play all Mm -hmm. the preseason games. Aaron Rodgers ain't playing no preseason games. So Zach Wilson's Mm going to get a lot of chance to rebuild himself and be behind the scenes. And if the Jets like how he's responding to everything, working with Aaron Rodgers in the room, I think you're right. They are going to exercise that fifth-year option. And while the Jets fans are still kind of be like, zoink, When you eventually see him on the field, in theory, the Jets will be like, see, this is the same guy we drafted. It works out. And again, Aaron Rodgers, 39, and has been contemplating retirement. It it has a better plan to work out than really any Jets quarterback plan in recent memory.
1: Yeah, and and it's one of those things that I've seen people like really kind of just like they want a Shelves Act. They're like, I'm so done. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen that. It's like... Calm down. This isn't the Christian Hackenberg situation where we're passing on a good quarterback like Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. We're looking ahead to next year's draft. This is a guy we already have on the roster that ha- that everyone was gooing and gone over. Heck, the fucking 49ers gave up three first-round picks to go up to number three to hope they had a shot at him. When they realized they didn't, they tried to pivot to Aaron Rodgers again after they made the trade. So, like, I, I think... There's enough there for with Zach that you could be hopeful for that it's just worth not throwing it out right now and just being patient, just like we've seen with Sal and Douglas so far. Absolutely. Red John jumps in and he says, take Aaron Donald with Stafford. They're rebuilding. Yeah, that would be amazing. It seems like uh, Donald's the one that they they will not trade. Um, that just makes sense. That's, yeah, I, yeah, that's what Here. I think... Oh, you were the one that said it, right? You were on, uh, you yes. were on on yes. <laughs> Green Beans. Yeah, you and I both like had the same thought process. Uh, Boy, Green was on uh, Green Beans Thursday, thick of it with Gunny, like two or three weeks ago now, and he's bringing up like, yeah, why wouldn't the the Rams want to trade Aaron Donald? And I'm like, that's exactly where I fall. Like, if you're going through a rebuild, like, sure, trade him. I think the only reason they wouldn't is because of like almost the. I don't want to call it the Tom Brady effect, but like the, you've done so much for us. You've been a lifetime Ram. Like this is us honoring you. We're not moving you, and that would be like, hey, we're sacrificing whatever we could get for you to pay you a big contract. It feels weird, but hey, whatever. I mean, more power to the friggin' Rams.
2: No, and maybe there is something to what you said. Maybe that it is the ultimate tip of the cap. We're going. The captain's going down with the ship. That sort of thing. Unless Aaron Donald came to them and said, hey, man, you know, obviously this this thing is going down. Do me an mm-hmm. honor and send me wherever I want. But that's the thing I don't understand, because for me, I am a extremist. You're either all mm-hmm. in or all out. So for the Rams that have traded Jalen Ramsey, obviously, uh, there mm-hmm. have been rumors about Stafford that we've heard and, and Cooper Cup and all these other players potentially. Why wouldn't you trade Aaron Donald? I get it. Aaron Donald is a pro football Hall of Famer. Maybe he wants to stay in one jersey his whole career. There's a weird retirement thing, but that seemed more contract infused than actuality infused. Like, if I'm the Jets, someone asked earlier the sneaky trade. Quinn and Williams and Aaron Donald together? I mean, we're dreaming. We're in dreamland. <laughs> Screw land, the but salary what the cap. Line, dude? 100% salary cap who? Get in the back, nerds. Let's get Aaron Donald. Yes. So that, to be honest, though, in all seriousness, like the Rams, go. you're either chasing a Super Bowl or, or you're getting the number one pick. Purgatory is the worst place to be. Hey, man, we're eight and nine. No, we didn't make the playoffs, but, hey, we got the 17th pick. What the hell? Hell no. You want to be all in or all out. Purgatory is the worst friggin' place you could be in. And to me, that, that's that's a nightmare. You want to either be competing for championships or getting the number one pick. There is no in-between. The in-between is Sucky Grayland. And no one wants to be in Sucky Grayland, population U., So if I'm the Rams, I I am selling off. I'm grabbing a little scraper. I'm going around the house. I am peeling off. I'm getting the copper pipes. I'm selling those, baby. The whole house, this is a closing sale. Everything must go. And I am trying to get, obviously, the maximum amount of value that I can for each of these players. But no one would be safe for me you know, uh, fricking, uh, what's his name, Sneed? He went from F them picks to please pass them picks, like the Thanksgiving side dish. Send me more picks. So they should be open to it in all seriousness.
1: I think, so I just pulled up Aaron Donald's contract because I was just curious more so from like a salary cap perspective what it would cost and what his contract looks like. If I'm reading this correctly, so he got a $15 million roster bonus as of March 17. So technically... If he were to get traded at this point, since the Rams already paid it, it would be $13.5 million this year, and it would be 15 I think, million next year. Salary cap nice. hit, and then his contract would void. I think cool. I'm looking at that correctly. It's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Donald's yeah. not coming next to Quinn. It'd be cool as hell. Not going to happen, though. Um. All right. You know what? We should – you want to get into some phone calls? We got like another half hour.
2: Yeah, baby. Let's open up the Gastron phone lines, baby.
1: I love it. I love it. Okay, I'm going to put this uh, little thing right there, and then let me uh, – I got I never did the – hold on. I'll put the linked comment in there so that way you guys can know how to get on. I know some of you guys probably saved the link, so <laughs> you'll have it here. Want to join
2: the show? There we go. Booyah.
1: Click here.
2: Boom. Easy peasy.
1: Right there. Okay, pinned comment going up there. If you guys want to ask us a question, you guys know the rules. You get three minutes on the timer after three minutes. Listen, you're out of here. That's right. You get the chicken. Your ass gets ejected. So, ooh, ooh we got our first caller already. First caller Great. of the day. Jake, how you doing tonight, brother? Good evening, guys. How you doing? Hanging in there.
4: Yeah. No. Yeah. So what's uh, on your mind? Hey, greeting. I have a question for you. You work for Heavy. Is that correct?
2: That is correct. Yes.
4: Uh, not to be rude, but like I go on Facebook and I see a lot of heavy articles that come up with absurd trade options. Like, do you have all the influence in the Jets articles or like some other people write? Because there's like stuff like mid season, they'll be like, They're trading for, like, Matthew Stafford, like, week two. And I'm like, I don't know where they're making this stuff up from. So can you explain to me a little bit about, like, your company? Because I I don't know much about Heavy.
2: Yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't know much about Heavy either. I uh, joined Heavy about mm, two years ago, something like that. It was – once the pandemic hit, not to get into the full backstory that you didn't ask for, but uh, you know, uh, when the pandemic hit, I left my other job. I was at the Jet Press for a long time. COVID hit, so I had to switch jobs. Ended up sitting out a year of Jets uh, writing, that sort of thing, and then got a uh, job offer from Heavy to basically create the Heavy on Jets page that people now see. It didn't exist before they hired me, and we brought him on. So it's me and one other person. We write the majority of the articles that get put up there. And people ask all the time because, like, the, the line of delineation between what we write about and, like, you know, kind of where it comes from. What I try to do in all these articles is some of these trade proposals that come up, for instance, is something uh, that you brought up. They come from other places. ESPN, Bill Barnwell projects trades, a bleach report, whatever. So I put in whatever the trade may be as a random example, and then I give my opinion. Stupid trade, great trade. Also, the Aaron Donald thing we just talked about is a really good example, mm-hmm. and I share my opinion on the trade. And what I try to do, my Twitter, my YouTube, and I hope this stands out to everybody that's ever seen me or anything. I just try to create conversations. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Some people will say like, oh man, I, I hate this trade. Why would you write about this? It's so stupid. I, I want to talk about it. Do you think it's dumb? Do you mm-hmm. think it's great? Do you think it's different? I love when I get an article and I the first comment is, this is the dumbest thing I've ever read. <laughs> someone else said, finally, someone talked about this back-to-back I get comments. those I'm comments like, well, on my YouTube.
1: You? It's all right. <laughs>
2: hundred <laughs> percent. So see, so that's really it. Uh, again, that's, that's my goal. Uh, and that's kind of the goal that I've kind of embraced on social media land and everything else. It's a great conversations. The Twitter video things I send out, I want to hear people talk about it. I want to hear what the pulse of the jet fans are. So that's trying to be my goal. Hopefully that answered your question.
1: Yeah. I, just, I think, I, I think yeah. I understand where you're coming from too, uh, boy green. I feel like the, the, the whole, You know, algorithm level of of engagement kind of forces you to to maybe either write an article or or maybe have a headline or a thumbnail. In my case, where it's like, okay, that's captivating. Like you need someone to click on it before they have any sort of, um, you know, knowledge of maybe who you are. Like, uh, of course, we have the regulars that are always watching the show, but like, there you always want to attract some new people, and and you might have that that thumbnail that grabs the attention, and then you have that like intro part where it's like, well, guys, sorry, it's like kind of more of a discussion point because i'm 100 percent guilty of doing that as well um but i definitely get where you're coming from jake with the yeah every now and then i'll see like an outlandish one usually it's in the comment section but i've done it the same way it's like oh so and so throws out some wacky trade on ESPN. i'm like where is this guy coming from and then it becomes a discussion point but jake you have been ejected from the cockpit great call great call good question we got tigo jumping in tigo hopping on Tigo how you doing tonight I apologize I don't have my three panel thing hooked up so I don't have you on the visual but you get the 3 minute timer
4: I uh, I would not be able to hop on the visual anyway I have unplugged my light for other things to go on so I'd be darkest crap So rattled. darkness retreat darkness I don't want to know what
1: you're doing at your desk Tigo with your lights off don't tell me that <laughs>
4: <laughs> going hey. on behind the chat getting all hey. <laughs> You know how it goes with the stream lights I don't saw you have I kid saw the already on the way I know
1: I know what you're doing over there
4: Hey, you can start working on Q3 early. You never know. Practice makes mm-hmm. perfect, right? D- um, it's okay. Um, I wanted, like, you guys mentioned, obviously, and, and we talked about the Aaron Rodgers and the whole shebang mm-hmm. on that, but we never really, or maybe I missed it because I did have to go away in the beginning part of the stream for a little bit to watch a quiz. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever go over what you think a possible, like, realistic timeline is? I know Matt, uh, Matt, Jesus Christ, Ryan, you're about like waiting until after the draft. So you just give up 2024 assets. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that, Paul? Because I have a I have an inkling feeling that we're gonna have like all of the dominoes falling like this weekend. Like Thursday, Calais doesn't leave this, the building. Friday, Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers gets traded for. Saturday, OBJ comes in. Sunday, Ben Jones. Like I feel like the the floodgates are about to like just fly open. Where are you, where are you on that?
2: Uh, yeah, great question. My gut, although in fairness, I guess we're on March 27th, I've probably said my gut a few times during this offseason, has been wrong, but my latest gut is this NFL owners' meetings that we're currently in the midst of is going to be a breaking point of sorts, that Brian Gutekunst and Joe Douglas are staring at each other. Again, it's it's easy. If I gonna spam call my phone right now, it's just spam. I'm like, no thanks. Mm-hmm. Boop. I never pick it up. Never talk to them. They, they mm-hmm. have never entered my life. Joe Douglas and Brian Gutekunst are standing across from each other. Joe Douglas said things I didn't know. He said he's known Gutekunst for 20-plus years. I'm like, wow, there's a nugget I was unaware of. I didn't know they had that kind of relationship. So when you're in front of someone and they say, I don't really like what you're saying, boop. He's like, what's boop mean? I'm standing right in front of you. You can't hang up on me. We're we're looking at each other. So I do feel like they're going to be forced to get over whatever this hump is. To me, it's close. And I'm going with you, Tico, that I believe this Mm -hmm. is going to get done The NFL owners' meetings technically get finished on the 29th, which I believe is Wednesday. So I feel like by the weekend, the Aaron Rodgers trade will be done. We'll see if that indeed comes to fruition. I believe that's how they're going to get over the hump. Although, sure, the other deadline that I could see if it doesn't happen then is the week of the NFL draft. Because the Packers just go, okay, okay, to Ryan's point. Like, okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. We obviously need the picks. Let's get this thing done. We want picks right now that can help us because to Ryan's point, if he threatens says, well, we'll make the gosh darn picks right now. And you could go kick rock, pal. You could go enjoy your life. uh, I think that could be an issue as well. So I predict NFL owners meetings ends. It happens this weekend. Trade goes through worst case. So I think it's right before the 2023 NFL draft.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it's the draft. I want to use all our picks like Tigo mentioned earlier. And I just think like, I get this sneaky suspicion, based on how relaxed everyone is, they're going to use all their picks, they're going to get their tackle that they need, they're going to get their center that they need, they're going to draft a safety in the second round, they don't have their third round pick, so they're like, ah, oh, screw it, now we'll wait till after the draft, now we get to June 1st, and Joe Douglas says, hey, there's a $60 million option that's sitting right there, you guys eat $20 million of it, now you get the 2024 first round pick, and the Jets get $20 million in dead cap instead of thirty split over, oh well, 30 and 30 over two years, it'll be 20 and 20. That's a lot more, uh, a lot easier to swallow if you have that much. I think Joe Douglas is angling for like that bonus to go a little bit lower and post-June 1st, the Packers have a little bit more because if they convert that to a signing bonus to allow for that uh, maneuver to happen, it's going to accelerate as soon as they trade Aaron Rodgers and it's going to hit their salary cap. So they do need the space for that if that were to happen. Um, I think think it's going to be for less than we think. But I do think the Packers ultimately get a first in 2024 and maybe a conditional in 2025 based on performance during the 2024 season.
4: Tigo, could be interesting. any last words? Be Before I get out of here, all the three mm-hmm. tackles are gone. What is your pick at 13? And I better get the chicken. The last time I didn't get the ooh, chicken. Ooh. I come here I'll, for I'll the defi- chicken.
1: I'll, I'll get you the chicken, but you're going to stay on until we finish our thought process. Let's see. If yep. all three tackles are off the board, I'm assuming yep, all four... Let's assume all four quarterbacks are off the board because I think the easy option is to say, "Hey, we're trading out." So now you got seven players that are off the no board. No one's
4: calling up. You have to stick and pick at thirteen.
1: That's the point. well. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, like all four quarterbacks are gone. But you have all four quarterbacks gone. All three tackles are gone. I think one of the corners does go. So you're talking what eight? So you're ta- you're getting a top five player at like a non. Hmm. Let me. Okay. Let me, I, 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 I got pull. my
2: pick. Yeah, so now that you start doing that math, four to seven mm-hmm. to eight, and then I'm throwing Will Anderson in there. He's going to be going. I'm taking Jalen Carter, and I get that there's a lot around Jalen. I've Carter, heard
1: people say that,
2: but I'm. I, so I think it's.
1: I think that's a very interesting, fine way to go.
2: And yes, and again, to your point, if you start doing the math, you may say there's no way he's there. Well, you think about the quarterback, you think about the top corner, mm-hmm. whether you go Witherspoon or Gonzalez, maybe both go, quite frankly, yeah. in front of him. Will Anderson is is certainly going to go ahead of that group. And then you just start playing the math. You're like, boop, 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 mm-hmm. boop. wait a second. All of a sudden, he's within range. So, again, there are a lot of red flags, I would just call because of the legal process to, to take its place in a couple of different uh, places there. But if you're the Jets, mm-hmm. you're all in right now. Jalen Carter, we just talked about Aaron Donald next to Quentin Williams is some dream scenario. Jalen Carter Mm -hmm. next to Quentin Williams is a very real scenario. You get two SEC boys going up front, and while Mm -hmm. it's risky, but okay, you're risking it with Aaron Rodgers and everything else. I'm willing to go all in. Jalen Carter is a guy that's got a lot of red flags. I'd be willing to go Mm -hmm. all in uh, to bring him in if your scenario presents itself, Tico. I'm getting Jalen Carter at 13.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the the top of this draft, and I think I'm – in agreement with you. I mean, you you look at the tackles because then uh, the other players you're kind of talking about. Will Anderson, I think, is going to go ahead of you. Tyree Wilson again. Like the the edges don't necessarily make sense because we're, we're pig rich at that right now. So if you take those out, if you take the corners out, if you take the quarterbacks out, you take the offensive tackles out. There's really not much there left. Like if we didn't restructure both tight ends, I'd say maybe you take a swing at one of the like the big top tight ends and you get you know Aaron Rodgers a weapon for the first time in the first round that he's never had the privilege of. But, like, yeah, I, I think it's got to be Jalen Carter. And, look, I'm concerned about him showing up overweight to his pro day and not looking great after already having the issues that are going on with him. But you can't argue the upside there. I mean, it, the way the Jets would spin it would be, hey, we have a strong enough locker room. We got to lift this guy up. Look at all the vets we have. We can, we can get him straight and get his head on right. So, Tigo, I think me and Paul are in the same agreement with, uh, with Jalen Carter. Is that where you would go, Tigo? What would be your pick?
4: I think Jalen Carter doesn't make it past five. I, okay. I never think he, he's there. And we're in a very similar agreement because my pick at mm-hmm. 13 is Kalaja Kansi, the defensive tackle out of P. Wow. Mm-hmm. We're talking okay. about trading for Aaron Aaron Donald. Like, just go get him in the draft. Six mm-hmm. like, the measurables are all there. Same school, same build, same height, strength. The whole, just go get him on a rookie deal so that's where i would pivot obviously like i want the tackles i want to trade out and like if jalen mm-hmm. carter is there as i like to say on my like channel you sprint to the podium over children w- women children everybody you don't care you're there like the jets are on the clock and the pick is in like that's how quickly it's got to be the, like don't even give them time to print the jersey if jalen carter's there but because he's that good I think Seattle's mm. built up enough goodwill with their fan base and their franchise and the coaches and the GMs to be able to say, ah, screw it. We'll take the character risk there. I don't think he makes it past five.
1: Ooh, interesting. Tigo. you know what time it is. Boom. It. You're out of here. Chicken. Gone. All right, next up, we got Mutt Viles. Mutt Files, how you doing, brother? Can you hear me? I see you. I see you.
0: Hello. No, I didn't know. Mark ah, that. there you go. <laughs> What's, What's up, dude? Guys? How you doing? Well, first, as you see, I'm in a little darkness here right now, though. Trying to bring some voodoo in so this way we can get our <laughs> Channeling here. your
1: Aaron Rodgers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bro, Rogers needs to just get here already, man. That's it. The, like you guys said earlier, though, the latest has to be the draft.
4: Mm-hmm. I would
0: love for it to happen, though, this weekend. That'd be great. <laughs> Oh, dude, I want it
1: after the draft. Like, is there no part of you that just wants to use all your picks and all the nice little fun toys that weekend?
0: We're not going to lose that much picks, though. The worst. No, of but, that we're like, you could use teams. all the of them. I,
1: th- I think a second is the worst we're going to lose this year. I do, right.
0: too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nah. I don't know. Whatever one of you two said, because when I came a little bit later, though, freaking about Aaron Donald, me next to Quinn. Please <laughs> let that happen. uh,
1: Paul, I don't know if you know this. Mudviles has been on the like, we could possibly get Herbert trained for the longest time, thinking that like the Chargers weren't gonna pay him all the money and he might become available. Mudviles is a dreamer. Yeah. Especially
0: with the first call that was in before, though. They said like they're as you, Paul. They're as like, oh, what about these wacky trades? Why not? They're Mm. fun. They're a lot of fun. Fanatics have discussions yes exactly that's right that's like saying like oh why don't why don't the, why don't we go get cooper caught? what are we going get him hell no but he's the top five wide receiver let's have a little fun with this yeah like, you know sure. what i'm saying that's why, that's why people sure. do that it's for fun now if we get him though i would be very it high. is if i had I know it's happen though. but the only yeah. other person i would go outside that'd be Devontae. that's it there's Devontae Adams.
1: Mm. Cuz he's
0: going to Oh yeah. Oh. Do you
1: think there's any way there's some weird wacky way that Devontae Adams went ends up here? I can't see a situation where that
0: actually ends up happening I Paul. If we didn't get Alan Lazard.
2: Well, I could see that. Then I 100%. See him, right. mm. Even if, if even we get Lazard. Like come on. Yeah. F it. Like what are I, you I mean, then? you know, him yeah, 100% like we talked about like the Mike Evans stuff and all, all those floating around like I think Joe Douglas was a great quote. It was like the second half of a quote because he was asked about OBJ multiple times. Connor Hughes went Mm -hmm. like, where the hell is OBJ going to go? And he's like, you can never have enough weapons. Wink. And I went like, hell yeah, score all the goddamn points. Huggins, Adams, get them all. (laughs) You know, the glass at the end of those. Technically, I'm not sure where he's going to fit on the depth chart. Well, shut up, nerd. We're scoring (laughs) points, baby. Get ready. Get on the train or not. Toot toot.
0: Right? I mean, Void years out the wazoo. I mean, I Let's get everyone. Like, I mean, I was complaining like the last, like, what was it, like four weeks? We haven't scored a touchdown, I think, mm-hmm. throughout the rest of this, the back end of the season. If you have yeah. all these weapons, why not? I do that. Mm-hmm. I,
1: I yeah. love it, my vials. You're a dreamer. You look like you got something else to say. What do you, gotta
0: you um, got to say? Pretty much, who else do we need to get, though? I feel like there's like linebacker that we need to get, though. Like, Kawan, I want him back. I want him I'm not. shocked Quan so hasn't signed Will with Mill the Texans yet. next to CJ. I
1: would so love Quan. I would love Quan to come back. I really thought he was gonna end up in Houston with the Miko Ryans. I'm shocked he's still available. I think there's a a shot he does come back. I do think the Jets want to try and get someone in the draft. I was targeting like the third or fourth round now that we don't have a third round pick. I would say fourth round is, is where I'm hoping maybe a DeMarvian overshone or someone in that wheelhouse maybe is, you know, kind of looking at Paul. Have you done any sort of analysis on, anyway, on the linebacker position? Where do you kind of see the Jets possibly going or wanting to go?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of options. I'd be intrigued. We'll see. I I have to double-check if he ended up going back in the draft. There's been some back and forth. Mm -hmm. I I cover Syracuse football around here. Michael Jones is a freak, and I love him, Mm -hmm. and I know that he was flirting with the draft. I have to double-check him. But, no, I think Kwan's Mm -hmm. come back, to be honest with you. Robert Sala Mm -hmm. had this strong message about retaining guys on the defense. Again, offense Mm -hmm. will be judicious, but defense are going to retain guys. When he hangs out here this long, the same way that happened last year all the way to training camp, I don't think it drags out that long. I think it's just going to be like both parties go, you know, it's again, it's eighth grade prom. I'm on one side of the floor. Quan's uh, on the other side. I look at her and I go, hmm? And she looks at me and goes, hmm? And then we just start working our way over and start doing a magical lovemaking dance. Yes, Quan's coming back, baby.
1: I love it. Mutt Viles, <laughs> you're ejected. You're mid-sentence from the cockpit. Uh, all right, we got Matt joining us. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? matt you got yourself muted matt going once matt going twice Bye, bye matt sorry uh i see, see west coast mole and see watson calling and i just want to get to adam s's member super chat real quick he celebrates 26 months of membership says gudekunst has 17 minute presser on youtube juicy Ooh, i'm gonna have to sit and watch that after i have not heard of i've only seen like the little clips or, or heard the notes of it. I haven't really, like, actually digested it the way it's supposed to be heard.
2: Oh, 100%. That uh, juicy is the right term. I can't wait to – yeah, I haven't seen that one yet either. I've I've uh, broken down all the Jet stuff, but I have to go back to the Packers side. So LaFleur I'm sure spoke too, so I'll have to uh, dig on on his as well after. Yes, good stuff. Thank you.
1: I love it. Uh, all right, we got West Coast Mole joining the, uh, the show. What's up, brother? How you doing tonight?
3: Hey, Ryan. Uh, First first thing,
1: you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear.
3: Okay. First thing I want to say is I want to offer a big, big congratulations to Joe Cleco. I actually. Ah, yeah. When he he played, and it still is kind of a tinge of bitterness with how long it it took for him to get in. He definitely was Mm -hmm. the most versatile defensive lineman that ever played the game and should have been in decades ago. So I'll just leave it at
1: that. 100% Uh, love it. That was one of the most special nights as a Jet fan, I think, is watching Revis and Klecko both get in. You see Sauce and and Wilson win offensive and defensive rookie of the year. It's such a special night for Jet fans. 100%.
2: 100%. I can't wait to be at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, man, in August. That's going to be, again, we get the Hall of Fame game. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a weekend I hope all of us Jet fans can really embrace. And my number one pet peeve is people being inducted into the Hall of Fame after they pass away. So I'm just so mm-hmm. thankful. Again, it's been so long, obviously, and he's had to go through, you know, the senior committee and this mm-hmm. and this and that. I'm just so glad that he is alive to see this because he deserves it. So I can't wait to – we can shower him with love uh, in August. That's That'll be amazing. Yeah,
3: pro football hall of fame got away with one in terms of that score and i i absolutely agree Mm -hmm. with you um the the point is speaking to the jets current condition um and regarding what's going on with uh, aaron Rodgers and the packers i'm just going to sit back and take it easy i mean the packers are uh, digging a big hole for themselves uh, especially with what's going on now, you know, with the stuff going down today with Lamar Jackson and Joe Douglas mm-hmm. saying that he would never negotiate in bad faith like that, you can bet mm-hmm. that was aimed right at Aaron Rodgers, you know, to get on his sk- uh-huh. sk- to really get him going. So, you can bet. The, the, that this thing is the more it drags out the worse it's going to be for the Packers because I'm waiting to hear mm-hmm. some, when it was when it finally comes down where the Packers get maybe a third this year and a fourth next year no mm-hmm. it, something <laughs> like that, that what's going to happen
1: yeah I I think they're just kind of digging themselves a deeper hole and they have to be really careful because and and Paul I don't know if you know this but uh do you know the the injury rationale like i know rogers contract is guaranteed for injury and i know rogers can technically host jet wide receivers i've heard rumors that he's going to host a camp with zach wilson they're going to do uh, jets west out in california and if he gets hurt in a football activity i i know football guarantees are uh not guaranteed for injury outside of football injuries but if he's practicing, like there's no way other players would be doing these, these camps and things like that if you were not covered while doing it. So I feel like the Packers would want to move him before any possible injury could happen.
2: From what I understand, and again, I can't be wrong, you are not covered in those. When you're doing stuff on mm. your own, like you know, uh, Dwayne Brown organizes offensive line. You and his mm-hmm. basement, if they all hang mm. out and someone drops a weight on their foot and they're doing, or even football stuff to be mm. specific to the rule, yeah. I feel like they're screwed. I, I do not believe that counts under football activities unless they're doing stuff mm. uh, with the Jets. I think they can lose their guarantees mm-hmm. that way.
3: Wait, uh, okay, what can happen? Though, there's like a, a reporting date for uh <laughs> veterans like april the seventeenth, it's just a, like mm-hmm. a meeting day or something and he could yeah. show up at the package uh you know at the package facility trip over the floor and break his leg and then the, the oh. pack is about 60
2: million. correct that correct. would be yeah, amazing yeah that's right yeah yeah
1: that would okay, be ballsy you guys oh, great that was a great call west coast mall you have been ejected from the cockpit that was a good thought. I didn't even think of like the like the mandatory meetings where it's like, oh hey, you gotta show up. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh man, if this dude like stubs his toe or, <laughs> oh no, he can't play again because like, oh, I mean, technically he could probably pull the the Antonio Brown helmet doesn't fit and he's getting that sixty million dollars. Um, oh god, it would be a really yeah. interesting situation to work out. Uh, we got C Watson joining. C Watson, how are you doing tonight, brother? Situation to work out. Uh, we got C Watson joining. He's listening and he's, now he catches it. Now he's going to start listening. Although I think he's listening to the, oh, sorry, C Watson. I'm booting you. You got to pay attention to the linked comment. The second comment down on that, that page, it says, turn off your audio, (laughs) not off your audio, just mute the stream. So that way we don't get the feedback because now I'm hearing my own voice in it. So call back. We'll pick it up and we will, uh, talk a little ball. Ah, okay. What we got going on in the chat over here? Oh, here it comes. I think he gets it now. He understands it. I'm going to give it a second for the the audio to to feedback so he catches it, but let's see. See, Watson, mute the stream. Hello? I can hear you. You got to mute your computer or your stream or whatever you're listening to it on. You got to talk to me through the phone. He'll get it. it. He's got it. Yeah, yeah. He's figuring it out. Yeah, just talk to... You, you, I know you can hear me. Talk to me through the phone and mute whatever your other thing you're listening to, if it's on your computer or TV or whatever. All right, now unmute the phone that you're looking at. Let's see. I think he... Oh. Hello? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Okay, Yahtzee. <laughs> <laughs> what's up dude welcome to the cockpit oh he had it he muted himself again
2: <laughs>
1: oh, <geez. laughs> that's an id10t error watson ejected <laughs> <That's it. You're laughs> sorry brother here. i tried it he had it right there so close yeah. so close, so close. um so far. yeah i you know what i i guess we'll just talk a little bit about the uh oh hold on we got one more. we'll give it one more shot Give him one more good go. She, Watson, if I hear some feedback, getting ejected.
2: <laughs> Third time's the charm.
1: Watson, can you hear us? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Turn down your TV. It's better, but turn down your, t- your TV. Huh? But now I can't hear you through your phone. <laughs> Hold on, I'll give you a sec. Turn on, uh, you can mute your audio, mute the, uh, you can unmute the audio on your phone. Just don't have the, uh, the TV volume up. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Can't do it. Can't do it. That was, that was like three minutes of straight Poor troubleshooting. Back. You'll figure yeah. it out at some point. We'll, we'll, we'll do it another time. Um, all right. We, we got about 13 minutes left in the stream. So I guess we'll, we'll sure. I'll, I'm going to take the phone calls down we won't worry about the phone calls for right now we'll just kind of we'll talk with the chat a little bit we'll conversate back and forth me and uh boy green here where's my little uh there it is boom pull that off the screen um so yeah, anything that we haven't discussed tonight paul that we have not uh you know covered here
2: yeah i mean we brought up elijah moore right at the beginning uh but that hmm. uh you know that uh, joe douglas said that he received a flood of trade calls on Elijah Moore. Uh, they weren't shopping him. That's what Robert Sala mentioned earlier. And that, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the trade calls they received were like nonsensical offers, but the most aggressive from the beginning was Cleveland who called them at the trade deadline last year. Mary Kay Cabot, uh, shared that, uh, recently who does great work for cleveland.com and, uh, Elijah Moore, again, kind of going back to that and how all of that came together because it was juggling. I had Randy Mueller on, Flex, the former NFL GM, baby, joining us on the show, and it was cool to get that insight about you know juggling balls because obviously they had the Elijah Moore thing set up, and then Mm -hmm. they signed me Cole Hardman, and then okay, Mm -hmm. boom, now hit that button to do that. So the complicated wide receiver game, and with OBJ still floating out there, was interesting. So you know, bringing that in was interesting on how they ultimately pulled the trigger. Again, somewhat sad, I think, for a lot of diehard Jet fans on a 22-year-old getting exited, but that was another interesting one that I know we kind of grazed earlier uh, from Joe Douglas.
1: Yeah, the Elijah Moore stuff with, uh, you know, the Jets not shopping him. I think that is true. I think from what I've heard, the Jets really want to develop their young talent, and they don't want to have to give up on any one particular guy that goes for Beckton, goes for Mims, goes for Moore, and it got to the point now, I had heard a rumor that behind the scenes, uh, Elijah Moore asked for a second trade request, and he did it like a little more professionally, you know, once the once the Lazard signing happened and then uh, once the Odell Beckham Jr. St- rumor started floating around. And it seems like that does make sense to me that that could be the case. It's like, hey, look, I know I'm not going to get the reps. I want to, want to go to a different team, want to have an opportunity. If I make this big public stink, Joe Douglas is never going to trade me because he doesn't trade for a loss. And like you said earlier, this trade kind of did feel like a loss to me. Like, I, I valued Elijah Moore as a first-round caliber player, especially when you consider the quarterbacks that went in the first round. Like, he should have been a top 32 pick. So... For me, I, I was disappointed because I was expecting a very big year out of Elijah Moore in the final two years of his rookie deal, potentially with Aaron Rodgers. And you know he wants the money that DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, two of his close buddies, got. So I, I was disappointed in the trade. I think it does make sense ultimately. Like, look, he doesn't want to be here. You don't you don't want to have that atmosphere around the team. If he wasn't gonna report to training camp or something like that, now you're all, all of a sudden you're losing some extra assets. I think when you work out the trade value chart it ultimately works out to like pick 69 245 points was the value of like the third round pick and the the difference in second round pick to third round pick um so i guess when i thought about it that way i was like ah it's not too bad but initial reaction i was pretty ticked off
2: yeah, hundred percent. I did watch that video, which was uh, very nice. It was so cool. We were getting the uh, the person who heard it in the room, but yep. you know, couldn't give the details. Fair, fair, so I'm like, not,
1: no news, just just hearsay.
2: I'm like, I'm like, go on. Yes, yes, I'm intrigued. I'm here for it. I, I, I'm on the edge of my seat. Slurp the tea. Yep. Uh, But the interesting thing is, again, it's whether or not you take Elijah Moore uh, at his word. So I watched his full Mm. press conference with Cleveland because it's always fascinating Mm. to hear like kind of what they say after the fact. And he said basically that he was caught off guard by the trade. He said, no, no, I didn't I didn't see it coming, which either he's straight up lying or that the the second, you know, trade request Mm. thing. It's just interesting how that because I saw your video and also saw that. And I'm Mm -hmm. weighing the two things of like, what's the truth? What's really going on there? That's fascinating.
1: Yeah, he could have – I mean, I guess it's possible if – was. so when was Lazard signed? Monday or Tuesday of the tampering period? So it could have been a week ago. So I guess in theory the Mm -hmm. Jets could have – because we traded him the Wednesday, a week after the league year started. So I guess it's possible that he could have requested a trade but didn't see it coming because they didn't talk to him about it. I don't know. It's it's fascinating. I I tend to agree with – like if he says he didn't see it coming – that would be where I would probably lean because I, you would think there would be some kind of conversation unless they're like, hey, screw you. You're going to Cleveland. Like that's right. sort of how I, I wanted to envision it. Like, oh, yeah, they're just sending him to Ohio. He's going <laughs> to miss out on hard knocks, the brand he could have built here. Like, screw that guy. I'm all, I am all I had like this whole rush of emotions of like I want Elijah Moore here, but then like he oh, he wanted the trade request during the winning streak, and now I'm not sure how to feel. <laughs> Wild rush of yeah. emotions.
2: And Joe Douglas, again, who you believe mm-hmm. in all this potential lying. As Joe Douglas said, so on top of Cleveland being the most aggressive, they thought they were doing Elijah solid by putting him with Deshaun Watson. They said, hey, we thought mm-hmm. he had a great opportunity, so – he he gets what he wants. We get what we perceived as great value again, jumping mm-hmm. up what it ultimately amounts to a, a full round in the draft and everyone gets checked off. Mm-hmm. I think probably Douglas would have sent him wherever the best offer was. So maybe it just mm-hmm. happens to be Deshaun Watson and Hey, there you go. Elijah, mm-hmm. we're looking out for you pal, but we really just wanted to pick. I don't know. But again, it's true serum mm-hmm. with all these guys.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Joe Douglas was taking the best option on the table and it just so happened that it was the Cleveland option. Um, it just ah oh guys such a it, like it does feel like selling low. like every every other trade, I felt like I could confidently say, Joe Douglas won this one. And this was the one where I was like, I'm not so sure. They're, they're like Cleveland's getting a good player. They're getting a hungry player that's motivated to do well, and he's on a dirt cheap contract. He's like a million he's less than two million each of the next two years for Cleveland right now. And we signed McCole Hardman. For I think it's 4.5 base up to 6.5 total. So and maybe you see him more as like a Berrios replacement, but the 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 transaction that happened so fast before and after it felt like maybe he was the replacement for Elijah Moore. Like do you see Odell still coming in, or like do you think Hardman was kind of that replacement? Where do we kind of stand yeah. there?
2: Yeah, a couple of interesting things there. Uh, first off, I think Miko Hardman is really the Braxton Berrios replacement. He's mm-hmm. faster. He's bigger, mm. he and he's got and he checks off all these boxes from gadget stuff. Return man, he was a Pro Bowler his rookie year, and, and the dynamic ways they can use him. I think he's just a better souped up version of Braxton Burrios. So where I see the mm. OBJ fit is again OBJ replacing Elijah Moore essentially in the mm. lineup. That's where I see it. Uh, personally, for that uh, for that potential rub. And also, back to Elijah Moore thing real quick, if the Jets mm-hmm. would have straight up got f- number 42 for Elijah, I just feel like I'd, I'd mm-hmm. have a much different perception than giving up 74 again for the pick swap. Again, 42 still mm-hmm. technically is a quote-unquote loss. He was the 34th mm-hmm. overall pick. But still, I think I would have felt a lot different if 42 was hit. So, yes, I still do believe OBJ comes in. I think he replaces more in the lineup. I thought Hardman from how I perceived it to be the upgrade mm. over Berrios. It seemed like again, because of how close the moves were tied, that it makes mm. sense that Mecole was a replacement uh, for more, but I viewed it uh, slightly differently.
1: Now, are you uh, at all concerned about Odell Beckham? I've heard people talk about either the personality, you know, the, the issue on the, I think it was United flight. Um, you have the issues that happened in Cleveland, in New York, the, some of the off the field stuff. And then there's the injuries he's played at, like, Virtually no games the last chunk of years, or he's missed a, a large chunk of games. How do you feel of, about him as uh, a quality player right now? We saw him in the Super Bowl before the ACL, and he was looking really good. Do you think that's the player we'd wind up getting? Or are you concerned with the injuries? How do you, Where, where do you kind of stand on all that?
2: Yeah, again, I think at a certain point, we go to the top of the diving board at the highest mm-hmm. flight, and either jump or you don't. For me, I'm willing Mm -hmm. to jump for OBJ because I've seen what he can be. And what he can Mm -hmm. be is one of the best receivers in all of football. And now, is he still that? I don't know. We haven't seen it in a little bit. He was dominating the Super Bowl and looked really good. But two of the Mm -hmm. last three years, he had ACL injuries, both in Cleveland and then most recently the Super Bowl. He didn't play all of last year. But am I concerned? No. I'm willing to risk it to get the biscuit. Give me gosh darn Odell Beckham Jr. The, the star power, I think he can have a mm-hmm. chance to have, especially with Aaron Rodgers. Again, if Zach Wilson was a quarterback, I don't think I'd want to bring OBJ in because of like, man, can he consistently mm-hmm. get him the ball? Like I'd be worrying about that. I don't have to freaking worry about that about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Leroy Butler had a great quote that Aaron Rodgers blindfolded could hit a mosquito with a football. Like, sounds good to me. I'm not going to have any problems with Aaron Rodgers being able to get Odell Beckham Jr. the football. So for me, I'm willing to risk it because we have Aaron Rodgers and a lot of weapons. And from the personality stuff, from everything I've tried to gather, is OBJ is beloved by teammates in the locker room. People love freaking OBJ. And it's not like his dad's going to be pulling Instagram videos of how Aaron Rodgers missed him. Baker Mayfield, fine. Zach Wilson? Possibly. Aaron Rodgers, that ain't going to happen. So I am all aboard uh, the OBJ train. I know a lot of fans aren't. And plus, after all that, you get to stick it to the Giants' face on Sunday Night Football Week 1. Aaron Rodgers' game-winning touchdown pass to Odell Beckham Jr.? Who the hell is it signed up for that? Suck it, Giants.
1: Oh, dude, I think I think Week 1 is a, a real possibility for the Jets and Giants. I think it might happen. do they do Monday Night Football on the first week of the season? Is that a thing? They normally do
2: a doubleheader on Monday Night Football the first week of the season.
1: So that first Monday night game is on 9-11. It's the anniversary of 9-11, and both New York teams are scheduled to play each other this year. It seems like that would make a lot of sense. Not to mention Robert Sala was his brother that was in the towers, I think, prior to them coming down. So there's a lot of, like, jet kind of related—well, that sounds horrible— thinking about that like that. But yeah, you understand what I'm trying to get at here. Uh, I think Odell Beckham for me is a fascinating uh, option for the New York Jets. And I think if you can get him as a, like on the incentive, incentivized deal, it's like, hey, look, we'll pay you the good money you want to get paid as long as you're on the field. You don't even necessarily have to produce. You just got to be on the field. You're, you're, you're healthy. You're, you're signing up to play. But we don't want to pay you if you wind up tearing the ACL and you're missing, you know, 15 games on us. Like, can't do that. As long as you're doing that, I'm on the Odell train with you. I think I, – I, you said it beautifully. Risk it to get the biscuit. <laughs> All about it. Uh, Ron Weiss drops in with Super Chat. He says, love this. Two of my faves on YouTube. Thank you, Ron. You're, you're- – dude. Uh he says do you think we try and get our third round draft pick back? So in this sort of situation, is it maybe trading back into the first or is it sliding back down from either the first or second round and trying to accumulate some more picks? I think in maybe the situation that Tigo uh, brought up to us earlier where like all the tackles are somehow gone before us, I would be trying to trade back like hell and if all you could get is a third round pick and you're sliding back to like I don't know. Maybe it's pick twenty or something like that. Like it might suck to lose that many draft picks, but if you could pick up a third, I'd I'd probably do it if I had my back against the wall. You think you think the Jets are going to try and get that third round pick back at some point?
2: I think there's actually, uh, sure, that one works too. Again, 13 back mm-hmm. or, or slight movement from that perspective. I think the also the other factor we're not giving enough credence to is the Aaron Rodgers trade of maybe, hey, mm-hmm. uh, someone else dropped in the chat earlier, 42-43, you mix one of those, they give you 45, they do mm-hmm. all this flip-flopping, that maybe with the complicated nature of this deal, the Jets could get a third mm-hmm. back straight up in the Aaron Rodgers deal. So you get 42, 43, whatever that ends up being in these mm. conditional picks. Jets also get yeah, third yeah. back. They can get back in that way, I think, creatively.
1: That's a good way to put that. I hadn't really considered that, but with all the different weird gymnastics that have to go on with the contract and the different picks that could or could not be offered, there's a situation where if the Jets are like, hey, look, we'll give you both seconds. We got to get your third back. So at least you get the two players in, the, in this part. I don't think I want to see that happen, but that's a very interesting that's, that's probably not a bad way to have that done. Like if we could give up one of the seconds and then you, you it's like, okay, it's really a trade back kind of sort of situation. I like that. Ron, bring up some, bring up some good points here, Ron. I'm a fan. Uh, all right. We have reached the end of our show. 10 o'clock just flew right by here, Paul. So I want to give the floor to you. Let us know where everyone can find you. Obviously link down below in the description, but where can they find you? What do you got going on coming up?
2: 100% appreciate again being on the show. This is awesome. Uh, first of many, I hope. Uh, yeah, baby, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's YouTube.com slash BoyGreen25. Baby, that's uh, where you can find everything and at uh, BoyGreen25 everywhere. Hopefully getting the Twitter account back sooner rather than later. So a little inactivity there, but dive in for the long haul uh, from that perspective. And what I try to do, everyone does a great de- job in Jets content creator land. We try to bring a little bit different to the table. We Try to bring in some guests. Uh, The last week and a half, we had Field Yates from ESPN on. We had Bryce Huff on the show. Which was nice. We had Randy Mueller, who's a former NFL general manager that's interviewed for the Jets GM job before. So we have, uh, we try to flex, get some nice guests in the show. And of course, the live streams. I do a new show every Monday where we have a different Jets content creator on. It's a, a new partnership that I've done. And of course, you're going to check your name off that bucket list. It's cool to kind of introduce everyone to everyone because I'm not sure if everyone is on each other's worlds. We all have these intersecting. Followings, and I want to kind of combine them all together because so many people do awesome work. So, yeah, uh, hopefully, you guys uh, get a taste of all that anytime you see Boy Green action.
1: I love it. So, I am very much looking forward to that. And, guys, if you have not gotten enough of Boy Green, obviously, check out all his other stuff, but he will be back on with O'Leary Greenbean and I for the NFL draft on day two or three. We'll figure out which one he's going to be on. But I'm excited to have him. Dude, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a blast talking to you. Very insightful stuff and uh, quite a little bit of uh, comedy as well. I absolutely love it. Boys and girls, Boy Green, Jets Talk, signing off.
0: J-E-T-S. I think every single person in this locker room is a competitor at the highest level. So yeah, when you feel as if your backs are against the wall, you never have to feel like you gotta do it by yourself. I'm gonna leave this Under pressure. Sacked by Quinn
1: and Williams. Right side by has got it!
0: You look to your left and your right, you got guys out there with you that, that our whole point is to help each other. This one the MIMS. Climbing the ladder. To be able to go out and, and lead these guys, and just to know how hard these guys work and how important it is to them, and then you get that chance to, to lead them. Everything that happened that needed to happen for us, it almost felt like, kind of like a sign, like, get like a second chance almost.
2: Yes, extra pushes, running left.
0: Maybe a little extra life, breathing, the room.
4: Touchdown, chest!